0: Hello and welcome to Media May, the show in which we, year by year, explore the movies, music, TV, and video games that most invaded our lives. I'm your host. Didn't think of one. Me neither. Also, you're smug.
1: You're smug and I don't like it.
0: I'm your host, Mr. Game and Rod, and I'm joined by... Ghost Boy. Oh, Jess. (laughs) Upset Jess. (laughs) And uh, hello, welcome to our new, you know... Freshly annual, uh, you know, officially annual April full show. Uh, in the past, we've done uh, uh, silent pictures. We did the movies of and music of 1921, two years ago. We, uh, Terrible. we had a, a commercial jingle extravaganza last year. Yes. That was a good one. You should listen to that one. <laughs> that was one of our best shows ever. Oh, my gosh. And finally, finally, I have convinced Jess to indulge me and talk about video games we 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 sat down typically what we do is we go through a list of movies music or tv from a certain year and decide which of those things we've watched or listened to the most but i convinced jess to look at a year and decide which video game each of us had uh, played the most in our lives
1: that's right kids he finally backdoored this like it was a stray kid song and i'm fine about it for now for now this is not going to become a regular occurrence. Also, have we been doing this for two years? Yeah. Huh.
0: Over cool. over two years.
1: I'm bad with time, it, it <laughs> which is just... why I'm
0: not the one who counts the years. December 2020 was our first show. Oh, was it? Yeah. Why did we start
1: in December?
0: I, I don't know. You know, once
1: you're <laughs> ready to start a thing, you just start.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So we, what year are we we, we doing today? We, we, we're, we're going the, you know, we're not going the furthest back ever, but we're.
1: Oh, you're asking me yeah, what year? Yeah. Sometime in the 80s? I don't know. 70s?
0: You don't remember what year we, we no. did? You don't remember what year these no. came out? No. No. 1980. 80s. Just 80. Just 1980.
1: Well, it was 80s for multiple days.
0: I guess I guess you're right, hey. but I you know I did that for one of two reasons. One, it seemed like a good place to start. We could have done a 1985, but uh, you know, ni- why why not do 1980? We have we have never done the early 80s before, um, and, and I wanted to you know go back and immerse ourselves in 80s culture because you know it seemed like fun.
1: Yeah, it did seem like fun. <laughs>
0: Um, so, video games. We're going to talk about video games today. We looked at a list of every video game released in the year 1980 and we decided which one each of us had played the most of. Uh, weren't a lot of options, especially for you.
1: No, I, I have kids. If you didn't know, I'm not a gamer.
0: It was an option of one. We chose that one for you. That yeah. was, <laughs> before we go into it, your your video game of 1980 is also my video game of 1980. It's a short sure show, kids. Unlike you, I've actually played other video games from 1980 yeah. so I had options <laughs> um, but before we get into the you know the show proffer uh, what is your history with video games
1: I don't have a history of video yes, games. yes you do nope <laughs> well, well I legitimately my history of video games is I was uh, alive and video games were coming out uh, my dad played some games but not consistently my cousins played games I'm mostly a like Oh, I'm over at a cousin's house. They're playing a video game. I'm sitting there and watching the story. That's my history of video games. You
0: remember, you, you can't recall the first video game you ever played? No. I bought, you know, one of the first.
1: No. Not even
0: one? Not even one. You you told me that your dad had an Atari at home.
1: Yes, he did. I don't know what games he played on that.
0: But you think that you, you think maybe that was the first video game you ever played?
1: No, I absolutely. Excuse me. What year did the Atari come out? You think my father let me touch that? <laughs> When I was an infant or higher? No, 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 no. Well, what
0: video games did he have that you watched? I can't remember.
1: Honey, honey, I couldn't even remember the year that we were doing video games currently. You, <laughs> and you, you definitely you, said it.
0: You've named video games that your dad played. He played Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo. There you go. You've named one. Okay.
1: <laughs> I know the name of Gran Turismo. That's also a movie with Clean Iswood. Wow. That's Gran Torino. It's the same thing. Also, uh, kids, it is 6.30 a.m., so if my language box is not working properly, you're just going to need to deal with the Spoonerisms.
0: There is a Gran Torino movie, and it's coming out this summer.
1: You would know for your list. You're trying to get done with that before it comes out, aren't you?
0: Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it- yeah. you never drawn to video games? What, what, for what reason? Was no, you, not po- really.
1: I mean, I play Pokemon, but I don't consider that a video game. That's a video game. I don't consider it you a video game. You think that's the first
0: video game you ever played was Pokemon? Because um, it was so big?
1: Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It was the... It's the only thing that... I had, like, kids, I'm not a gamer, not because I don't like games, not because I don't think they're cool. Intrinsically, they're filled with art of every different kind, not just visual, but musical and stuff. I think they're really cool. I am not a gamer because I do not have the chill for it. If a music changes, I get freaked out, I close my eyes, and I die. So... Um, I don't play them. I'm a reader. I like the music to play in my head. <laughs> you can be both. you are you, my husband are both a reader and a gamer, but I just uh video games they're not they're not my yum. they're great. I like them, but you know
0: but when you like you know, you picked up Pokemon was it because your parents bought you a game boy to play Pokemon?
1: Yes, I think so. um, and it's like really easy to do, like the music doesn't really change. And so you're just kind of like, ah, and it's turn-based. Is that what it's called? Yep. It's turn-based. So you're just like, oh, let's go. Have I ever completed a Pokemon game? No, I've never gotten through the Fantastic Four. I, <laughs> I just... Fantastic
0: Four. Uh, is that not what it's called? They're called the, uh, the Elite Four.
1: Okay, look, I play video games, but I don't, and I don't know the names of anything.
0: Um, The Thing, he's a great po- Pokemon champion.
1: Yeah, The Thing... <laughs> that's probably a pokemon in some place someone's definitely named their pokemon the thing um yeah i like yeah 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 yeah. i played it
0: i'm just you know you you owned a whole game boy you only played one game on it yes yes absolutely (laughs) you didn't even play tetris no you have played tetris have i i don't know have you no? You've never sat down and played a game of Tetris?
1: Uh I only time I've played Tetris is like when I'm trying to organize the fridge. And I know it's called Tetris because you make things flit. But huh? like the game Tetris? Yeah. Don't think so. Wow. No. I don't even like is Candy Crush basically like Tetris?
0: Candy Crush is a is a video game. It's it's a puzzle game like Tetris. I
1: have not played Candy Crush, but when I see people do it, it gives me anxiety. I'm like, they're falling too fast. Things are exploding. How do you know if there's things in, nor- in order? Why did that explode? Like, I think you don't understand. You're not like hearing when I say like, they give me anxiety. You, it's real cool to, to see somebody do it. But I myself, okay, no, I play Fruit Ninja.
0: I was just about to bring that up
1: for like three rounds. And then I got anxious because I was like, uh, my finger hurts and I can't hit all the things like honey. I'm not trying to be that girl. I unfortunately just am.
0: What about dance dance revolution?
1: Uh, we did get on that and I did step on my own feet three times. <laughs> I don't think you saw me, but I was kept missing because I stepped on my own feet. But that doesn't have to do with video games. I'm just bad at moving. What about you? What's your history with video
0: games? Well, I cannot exactly recall what my first video game was, but I have candidates. It was amongst, like, I think four games. Was it It Snake? No. (laughs) It was either Super Mario Brothers All-Stars on the Super Nintendo at my cousin Paul's house. My cousin Paul had a Super Nintendo,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. a uh, SNES, a SNES, if you prefer. SNES. Um, and he had Super Mario All-Stars which was a, a collection of remakes of Super Mario Brothers 1 2 3 and the lost levels which is essentially Super Mario Brothers 2 in Japan mm-hmm. um, so i think my fir- that might you know the, the Super Mario Brothers All-Stars game might have been my first mm-hmm. it could have been Mario Kart 64 at my cousin Steven's house cuz he had an N64 when we were kids mm-hmm. it also could have been Super Mario 64 because he also had that. Or it was Donkey Kong, the arcade <laughs> game. Because Donkey Kong. my friend down the street had, his dad had a Donkey Kong cabinet in their garage. Ah. So I think it was one of those four things. Just
1: life littered with video games.
0: A common denominator amongst all those.
1: Nintendo? And Mario. Oh, Mario. Also that second one you said, Mario Superstars or something like that. Um, my brain just assumed it was Mario, but Space Jam. Is there a video game out there that's Mario but space jam? Mario
0: is a guest in uh, NBA Hoops for the GameCube. <laughs> Mario and Luigi. So,
1: so yes. <laughs>
0: so you can lay up. Uh, who was popular at the time? Yao Ming.
1: <laughs> maybe.
0: <laughs> could, as Mario, you could lay up on Mario. Mao does y- have some <laughs> uh, uh LeBron James, maybe. Was he was he playing in like two thousand three?
1: I don't, I'm bad with dates, but I don't think so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> so it was one of those four things. And after that, it was like, I love video games. It was like, my, my parents bought me an N64 in 1998 Christmas. Uh, from there, we were off to the races.
1: <laughs> the electric races.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I But like, that's the thing. Because I think, because Nintendo, like my first video games were Nintendo games. I've always kind of stuck to being a Nintendo boy. Mm, so, you
1: would say you're a Game Boy.
0: You're his, his virtual game. Boy even.
1: Uh, <laughs> did you have a Power Glove?
0: No. No, I was <laughs> I was too I'm too young for that. Uh, but I've seen one. In real life? Yeah. Oh, uh, like at, at like garage sales and stuff, like even, you know, we would buy like I bought like at an estate sale like a, uh, uh, an NES and Nintendo Entertainment System. With the zapper. It didn't come with Rob the robot. Ugh. I, I I tried to be a collector at one point, you know, and then I realized that's too expensive. It is too expensive. But what if I gave you a power glove? I don't I don't want one. What if it was a size small? Do you think it would fit? I think they were all one size fits all. That
1: feels like that wouldn't work. What if I was a four-year-old who gamed?
0: But the thing is, like, the power glove I heard was not good.
1: I mean, is any extra, like, the Wii wands, are they good? No. Yeah.
0: But at least that was fun. That was another thing. Jess has never played like Wii Bowling.
1: No. (laughs) No.
0: It's crazy. That's why I'm like, I'm very curious. I would want to do more of these shows just to find the games you did play.
1: No, thank you.
0: (laughs) Feels like a test that I'm bound to fail. Let us know in the comments. If you want to, if you're just curious, you're like, Jess, Jess has never played Wii Bowling. She's never played Tetris. What has she played?
1: I was going to say something.
0: (laughs) What has she heard of?
1: I've heard of your mom. She's a lovely lady. I love her very much.
0: Anyway, before we talk about, like, our games of 1980, I wanted to, kind of for my own benefit, look at the the history of video games briefly.
1: Okay, kids, strap on your seatbelts. It's a history lesson. Because,
0: okay, this goes back... Um, Video games was like my hobby, like my thing, right? When I was a kid, like growing up, like, you know, I liked We've talked plenty of movies that I enjoyed as a kid, you know, grade school. But like video games was my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've told part of this story before on the show, but in the sixth grade, we did a project where we had to talk about like, it was related to what kind of a learner are you? Mm-hmm. Are you an, a visual learner, an auditory learner, a kinesthetic learner? Um and we had to do some kind of presentation using the medium of what l- uh, learner we were, right? So I was a visual learner, or at least I classified myself as one. And visual learners had to make a poster board and present their hobby, right? And this was the same project where my friend, who whose hobby was doing stupid things. Oh, right. He made a Bam Margera-style uh, video of him and his friends are hurting themselves. Yeah. Geek. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I, I did video games. Me and my friend Aaron... Did video games, okay? And this was the first, uh, we did not have the internet at the time. This was sixth grade. I still didn't have the internet at our house. We went to my aunt and uncle's house down the street, used their internet. And uh, that was the first time I ever went on Wikipedia.com because we had to cite our sources at the bottom. That was that was what our teacher, you know, mm-hmm. she taught us good, I think. But I I sourced Wikipedia.com.
1: <laughs> As one does. Or
0: Wikipedia.org or whatever it was. Uh, first time i ever saw wiki written down <laughs> um and you know we present, we had to like talk about you know our history with video games kind of this show this show is an auditory learner uh 6th grade project on video games
1: <laughs> welcome kids but yeah
0: it was like you know we had to talk about like wiki we're what is your history with it you know why do you like it and you know what is the history of this hobby in general okay um the thing is even back then i was very confused and there was a lot of confusion on what video game history is. Still to this day, historians cannot agree.
1: Oh, about when video games came to be? Yeah, like, what's the
0: first video game? If you had to guess, do you have any idea? Like, Pong? No. Tetris? No. So that's the problem. No one knows. Uh, It was funny. I did a little bit of research, and then my my friend Aaron, he also did the same project, right? And he went first. Mm -hmm. And he said... The first video game was Pong, <laughs> which is wrong. Just it is irrefutably wrong. I agree with Aaron, and I, I went up on, on on after him and said he was wrong <laughs> in front of the class. <laughs> I was the Cindy Vortex to his uh, oh Jimmy my Neutron. Gosh.
1: Oh. You were the you were the
0: Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, but I mean, he was wrong, and what I said was tennis also wrong. I said the I said the first video game was tennis for two. Which is, depending on who you ask, maybe the first video game may not be. I'm going to talk about why right now.
1: All right. Let's dig in. Okay.
0: So video games as a medium is kind of like the next logical step from electromechanical games, which go back to like the turn of the century, like World's Fair times, like like early 1900s, like 1904 and stuff.
1: So like shoot this thing and get a prize?
0: Yes. Or... Here's the love tester. Grab these 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 you know, grab these metal like juts and have them shock you, you know, to see how what, what kind of <laughs> if, a lover you are. If
1: you hold on, you love, your love is true.
0: You, you know what I'm talking about? You see those at the fair sometimes or yeah. like the 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 genie that you ask for wishes for like mm-hmm. in big. <laughs> those are old mechanical electromechanical games because they run on electricity, but they're not video games. Right. So the, the historians, they, they can't decide on what a video game is. Like, that's the first problem. It's like, what mm-hmm. do we def- define as a video game? And I think most historians say the consensus is a video game has it. It runs on a computer, right? It has mm-hmm. to a computer has to be involved and it has to display real time visual graphics. So the player and, and it has to has you know, user control, right? Mm-hmm. Users have to be able to interact with it. Right and what the user interacts with, they have to be able to see on a screen, a video screen, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, A video, video is also kind of like what's video, right? And so there's like even disagreements, and it's like, well, is this a video game? It doesn't run on a video screen; it runs on a different type of screen. Mm. (laughs) Again, all uh, very uh, granular, (laughs) but uh, yeah, the. So there have been various electromechanical games and interactive electronic games with different display formats existing as far back as 1940s, and in those 1940s games, some people say it could be the first video games.
1: Okay.
0: 1940s after the war. You 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 know that movie? Uh, the th- what was it? What was it? Not not the theory of everything. Uh, the one with uh Cumberbatch where he plays Alan Turing. hmm the,
1: the it also has everything in the word. In the title, I'm not sure. Imitation
0: Game. Imitation Game. You know the game. Imitation Game. Yeah, it Alan happen. Turing, who is like the, you know the computer whiz that helped people crack the Nazi uh, uh, Enigma machine. He was one of the figures to really like jumpstart like computer development in the late 40s after the war. Mm-hmm. You know, before he was you know <laughs>
1: imprisoned <laughs> yeah, in his home. Yeah, the poor guy.
0: Ki- <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. You know, if you if you're curious about Alan Turing, his his life is really like. Interesting Oops, oh, and sad. tragic, yeah. Anyway, he, he and his colleagues like really jump-started the whole like let's make computers a thing thing. Mm-hmm. And some of his colleagues used computers to develop games. Though not considered video games by a literal sense by some historians, early examples of electronic or uh, computer games include 1940s Nimatron, which used electromechanical relays, buttons, and light bulbs to simulate a game of Nim. NIM is I guess it has to do with like matches, it's like a you know like matchsticks mm-hmm. it's like a some kind of like logic game. I don't know. these were like British people, so it sounds like a British game okay, it's like it looked like solitaire, but with matchsticks. I've never played NIM, but they use light bulbs, you know a series of light bulbs to simulate NIM,
2: okay, and
0: the computer oh it didn't even have a computer it had like you know mechanisms on the inside that would like you know you can
1: flip on and off, yeah. Hmm.
0: So, you know, it's it's electromechanical game.
1: OK, uh,
0: there was a uh, 1948 cathode ray tube amusement device.
1: Who named these things? This
0: one was a patent.
1: <laughs> OK, uh, so which, it's someone's name.
0: No, no. A cathode ray tube, which was the the technology. Got it. Uh, CRT cathode ray tube.
1: CRT, see, you know,
0: CRT TVs.
1: I've heard old the tube term TVs. CRT. This okay. is the same
0: technology. The boop tubes. Yes, so it is a basically a tube TV amusement device which involved the player adjusting knobs to change the directory of elements on a CRT screen in order to reach plastic targets overlaid on the screen. It sounds like an etch a sketch. I guess so. So you're like this this sounds like early like light game stuff. Basically you're manipulating elements on a tube TV to hit targets that you you glued on the screen. Okay. So that's a that's a candidate for the first video game, but I think people said, well there's no there's no computer involved so it doesn't count.
1: It also sounds boring.
0: 1950s Bertie the Brain. It's a very British name. <laughs> Bertie the Brain which used a 13 foot tall computer, a keypad, and a grid of lights to simulate a game of tic-tac-toe. Oh so it's like lights on and off, X's and O's, mm-hmm. light bulbs, right? And you, you know, basically you input, toe. yeah. And the computer plays tic tac toe with you. But again,
1: oh, the computer's your component.
0: Yes. Okay. But of course the 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 elements, the light bulbs, aren't a screen. Mm-hmm. So some people say, well, that's not really a video game because it doesn't use a video screen. Okay. It uses light bulbs.
1: Okay.
0: 1951's Nimrod, which used a slightly shorter computer, buttons, and lights to simulate another game of Nim. So, again, just like, but this one used a computer. Okay. But he used light bulbs, though. We're
1: getting closer.
0: Yeah. And 1951's Mate Into chess computer program, which had no video output and required human intervention to interpret the player's orders and the final results. So, they were able to have a computer play t- uh, chess with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: uh but you couldn't see the results until you like printed them out <laughs> oh wow yeah so it's like is that is that the world's first computer game maybe <sighs> like any like some of those could be the first computer games mm-hmm. uh but are they video games right no because there's no
1: delineation
0: there's no screen or you know the results aren't there immediately right two early computer games in 1951 simulation program of the game checkers. And the 1952 game OXO, who's Tic-Tac-Toe, mm-hmm. are the earliest known games to display visuals on an electronic screen.
1: So do you personally think that it is a computer game and not a video game? Do you think there's a difference?
0: I think this one, these are computer games.
1: Okay, well, I've played Oregon Trail, so.
0: Well, I mean, that, and that's a video game because, you you know, back at that point, computer games and video games were the same thing.
1: Do you play Oregon Trail, or do you? Is it just yeah. a class assignment?
0: No, you play. You play it. Mm, okay. You have it's there's strategy involved. It's kind of like a puzzle game. You have to like, this you know, buy. Games. It's like a you have to buy uh, supplies ahead of time, and you know, there's an economy.
1: I never made it longer than five minutes. My it's family, a survival
0: game. Really. My family all died. They get dysentery.
1: I don't remember why, but we all died. I could never go longer than five minutes, guys.
0: Is that the first video game you ever played, either?
1: Um, I guess if you're calling it a video game, sure.
0: We found it. The Oregon Trail, 1985.
1: Sweet. We don't have to search.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, some, his- those two games I just mentioned, some historians do not consider them video games because they lacked moving or real time updating graphics. Okay. So again, it's just like, are these video games? If you think so.
1: <laughs> so anyone can have an opinion. Yes. Then I think the first one was Nim. Nimotron? N- yes.
0: Or just d- n- Nimrod.
1: Nope. Nimitron.
0: <laughs> Nimatron.
1: That's the one.
0: The early 1950s... Saw, uh, th- this is a direct quote from Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, because I-, I figured it was important to say. The early 1950s saw various universities, government organizations, and large corporations adopt computers for research purposes. Therefore, the earliest video games were largely developed on unique hardware in a time when porting between systems was difficult and were often dismantled or discarded after serving their initial purpose.
2: Hmm.
0: For this reason, it is impossible to be certain who developed the first computer game or who originally modeled many of the games, as there are likely several games from this period that were never publicized and are thus n- unknown today. They who some guy could have made the first like real video game. Yeah. B- but didn't tell anybody. It was
1: probably a woman and she definitely did it. <laughs> Cause I mean, like you're like, oh, look at this fancy technology. What can it do? Oh, look what else I can do. Oh, look, I've created Python. I don't know Python. (laughs) (laughs) And then game. And then they're like, oh, I gotta get back to work. And so they turned it off.
0: If you say so. I do. And also, Nim is the first game. Another problem with those old computer games is like the computers were so big and slow that you couldn't like actually like you know get results or or interact with it very long because they. The, the the I mentioned the the chess game. Mm-hmm. They said they had to like really push the computer to its limits just to do a mate a mate into like two move chess game.
1: Half the fun of games is
0: waiting. And Alan Turning had to step in and like you know make it so that oh yeah we'll we'll get this computer going we'll we'll be able to do you know a two turn chess game we'll make it happen. <laughs> it was like a problem solving thing
1: like, this will be fun. I can fix it.
0: Under some definitions, the first true video game was 1958's Tennis for Two, developed by William Higginbotham for display at the Brookhaven National Laboratory's annual public exhibition. You played that? I've never played that, but I did mention it in my, my little uh, my presentation.
1: <laughs> it's
0: like, Aaron, it's not Pong. It was Tennis for Two. <laughs> the game was developed on an oscilloscope essentially a, a, a radar display. Oh, okay. So it's like you know a radar screen. You Beep. know like the little Beep. Like, yeah. Beep. It looked like that. Mhm. And it was played with two aluminum controllers. <laughs> I saw like like knobs and things. A tennis for twos it, it, so what it was is it's it's a game of tennis where a ball would bounce back and forth over a net. Mhm. You know, and it was just like a little dot and a little line in the middle. Right. And that's how you it, so it was like almost like the earliest version of pong. Yeah. You know, like it's so funny like the the, the earliest like popular games were just tennis. You know, bounce a ball back and forth. Cuz <laughs> for it's people. simple, it's easy to understand. Right. And it's easy to pull off cuz it's like you're really moving two ob- you're you know, you're moving two objects, mm. right? And then there's one object that moves in between. So, tennis for two. Look it up. It <laughs> I will not. It looks super simple. (laughs) Tennis for Two's status as the first video game owes to the fact that it was the first computer game to be created purely as an entertainment product rather than for academic research or commercial technology promotion. Okay. So some people say that's why it's the first video game, uh, whereas, you know, some of those other games could have been first.
1: NIMB was first. It wasn't created for academics.
0: It was. (laughs) It was. Jumping ahead, in 1961, MIT employees Martin Grates, Steve Russell, and Wayne Wittanen created the computer game Space War, exclamation point, Ugh. on the DEC PDP-1 microcomputer, which used a vector display system to present real-time graphics. That's interesting. Some like, vector computer, and like you look this one up, it looks just like... It's like a tiny little screen, like a Game Boy. Uh, it's bigger, a little bigger than like a, a Game Boy screen, but like it's like a little tiny computer screen, and the the graphics look like something from like a science fiction movie. You know, it's like little white lines. Oh, I was gonna say Tamagotchi next because the screen's very tiny. And it it looked like a game of uh, I guess it it was like a a predecessor to Asteroids. If you have ever seen Asteroids, play we've we've played Asteroids together. I remember we went to uh. That arcade in San Francisco, mm. the old, the, it, I think it was, I can't remember what it was called. Like an old timey arcade where they had old pinball machines and uh, we played a game of Asteroids.
1: Wait, no. Was that the arcade bar?
0: No. Oh. Remember the. Uh, the World's Fair? There was like, we, it was uh, near Fisherman's Wharf. It mm. was like this old timey arcade. With right. Like old amusements, electromagnetic amusements. We've talked about. And then. Uh, right. They had pong there, and they had asteroids. And we played both of those.
1: I believe you. Anyway,
0: space war is similar to asteroids, where you got a little. You, it, it was actually you're not shooting asteroids. It's a two player game. Mm-hmm. So you had two little spaceships, in a, in a basically a void of space, and they had to shoot each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And and there's a black hole in the middle, and they you know they, orbit the black hole. <laughs> so I was like, I'm like watching it. I'm like. Surpri- it looks surprisingly good for a game made in 1961 hmm. and I saw some guys like demonstrate it you know and, and like the game looks like it was pretty fun so, <laughs> so you want to go find it and play it yeah, you have to have, I mean you have to have a special hardware I'm sure ah. that game was copied to several of the early microcomputer installations in American academic institutions making it potentially the first video game to be available outside of a single research institute. So it's the it's just the first publicly available the the first like yeah no no not, not like commercially available but like the first video game to be in more than one place oh okay, space okay. war
1: we're always where was this made what country the U S yeah
0: figures we were obsessed with space <laughs> following its spread a number of games were developed by university programmers and distributed over the next decade so oh. that from that point forward it was like video games they exist. People are making them, <laughs> and we're. Sh- it was like within the the, the college community, you know, mm. college students sharing it with their friends. The first commercial arcade video game was 1971's Computer Space, always space, which was developed by Nolan Bushnell and Ted Dabney, and was based on Space War. Mm. Uh, you've heard of Nolan Bushnell? Heard that name before? Yeah. Uh, he made Pong, in Atari.
1: He made Pong and Atari?
0: Yeah. He's the Atari guy. So, Nolan Bushnell is like, you know, one of the the founding fathers of video games. Uh, Ah. But his first game was Computer Space, which was the first commercial video game. It was the first video game where they put it in public, you put a coin in, and you play it.
1: Where did it go? Where was the public space
0: for it? I don't know.
1: Huh.
0: I, I would assume like the Pacific Northwest. Hmm. I think, I think that...
1: In, like, multiple cabinets.
0: Multiple universities, yeah. Mm, okay. It was the first coin-operated video game to be commercially sold and the first widely available video game of any kind. Alright, good job, Atari guy. Yep. And friend. Bushnell and Dabney founded their own company. Is it Atari? It is Atari, ah. Inc. The following year, and alongside designer Alan Alcorn, released a ping-pong game called... Pong, pong. Pong. Well, <laughs> we've played Pong. It's very simple. I asked my parents. I called them yesterday. And I said, what was the first video game you ever played? And they both said Pong. <laughs> pong, I think, like, Pong's not the first video game. It's the first popular video game. Mm. Like, it's the first, like, internationally popular video game. Right. Uh, it, my, my, it, it, it's funny. Like, I told my parents, I was like, yeah, it was released in 1971. And they were like, No. I said it was, (laughs) and they said they didn't play it until it came to home, because what they did was they, you know, Pong was was an arcade game. Right. It was like a big cabinet, but then in like 1975 or 76, they made like dedicated units that you could hook up to your TV and play Pong on your TV, Mm -hmm. and that's what my parents played when they were young. On the Atari. Yeah, Home Pong. No, just like Atari made Home Pong, which was its own thing. It wasn't a console. It was just
1: a capsule. It was
0: Pong that came with a joystick.
1: Uh, Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, got it.
0: It's like one of those like plug and play things that you see at the mall now. You know, you like you buy like a you buy a little joystick. You hook it up to your TV and you can play
1: 50 games. No, no, I have no idea what that is. But I believe you. Also, why did they name it Atari? I don't know.
0: Because it it doesn't sound
1: like the names of what was his name, Duke Debonair
0: uh nolan bushnell and ted dabney
1: wow i'm real good at remembering things
0: (laughs) but i knew it wasn't atari sorry continue pong was immensely commercially successful the first video game to be so selling over eight thousand units it inspired copycat games to be sold in america europe and japan and led to the popularization of the video game medium as a whole as it's like pong was so popular that you have like a bunch of like knockoffs Mm-hmm. from companies everywhere every even nintendo made a pong ripoff <laughs> you
1: got to start somewhere what is, what is it um imitation is the strongest form of flattery yeah copyright infringement is <laughs> <laughs> this breaking is the, the law
0: this is the 70s we don't do that <laughs> well P- pong itself was a bit of a uh that's true A copyright infringement and i'll explain why The same year as Pong's released, two months before the release of Pong, saw the release of the first video game home console, the Magnavox Odyssey, invented by Ralph H. Bear under the name The Brown Box. So there's another piece of history. What's the first video game console? It was the Magnavox Odyssey.
1: What could you play on it?
0: You could play like five different... Well, actually, so it was like a console, and you buy cartridges, and you put the cartridges in. So it was like the first real cartridge console. Okay. 28 games were were made for the system. Huh. Including a ping pong game, which directly served as the inspiration for Pong.
1: Ah. So how is it different?
0: Okay. So the Magnavox Odyssey is kind of funny. Like, graphically, it looked like Pong. It was very simple. You know, just geometric shapes. Mm -hmm. You know, pixels, right? Very blocky. right? Right. But... When you bought a Magnavox Odyssey and it came with like a collection of games, including Ping Pong, you could, it also came with little transparent sheets that you glue to your television set to make it look more authentic to what you are. So it was like a tennis court overlay that you tape over your screen so that when you see the, the, ping pong elements under it looks like you're playing tennis okay and they had like hockey which had like a hockey rink overlay and oh yeah
1: okay all right
0: so sure magnavox odyssey they made ping pong which was pong Mm -hmm. and then atari made pong and ripped it off and it resulted in a lawsuit
1: well and i assume atari i think it was
0: settled okay I, I, i don't quote me on that i'm not sure but yeah uh Pong was allowed to exist.
1: I mean, okay. And be more popular. <laughs>
0: and very much more popular. I, like I don't think my parents even knew the, vag- the Magna Fox Odyssey existed. Yeah. But that was the first video game console.
1: Good job, dude. Because of your contributions to the field, we have a Switch.
0: It's true. <laughs> it's true. The video game industry as we know it really starts here. Over the next decade, several classic arcade and home console games would release... Including 1976's Breakout, which is a game where a ball bounces from the bottom of the screen to the top. And there are, like, blocks on the top that when the ball hits, it breaks. It okay. breaks a block and it bounces back. You're and like, you
1: control the blocks?
0: You, you control a little uh, bouncer at the bottom, left and right. Got that it. can bounce the ball up and down. Got it. It's okay. A, it's a very popular game. It's been, like, you know, recreated everywhere. I believe you. 1976's Coleco Telestar. The Coleco was a competitor to Atari. Ah. ColecoVision? Nope. <laughs> 1977's Atari 2600, which was Atari's first real home console. Okay. 1978's Space Invaders? You heard of that one?
1: did we just talk about that? We them? just oh, played no. it. Space, we, there's lots of space games.
0: Space Invaders, <laughs> we played that one. At okay, the okay, okay, we went to. Got it. It was a uh, they throw bombs at you in their ships. Or
1: your ships.
0: No, like little aliens drop from from the top and you you shoot them. Pew, pew. Yep. And 1979's Asteroids. Astro Boys? Asteroids. So those are all like, you know, those were the most popular video games up to that point. Okay. Up to to 1980. The most popular video game up to 1980 was probably Space Invaders
2: Mm, and Pong.
0: But like Space Invaders like set the record. It was super popular. And that brings us to the 1980. Ah, to the 1980. The 1980. <laughs> uh, should I should should play uh, get get us in the mood, I guess. 1980. Oh dear, but I like the song, so let's do this for the whole song. No. Uh, I'm okay. Well, we we <laughs> we're in the 1980s. 1980. The the video games that. Each of us have played the most of our lives. I'm turning this off. Why? Because I have to introduce.
1: You can introduce while listening to a super cool song.
0: Fine. So let's talk. We're going to talk my game first. Okay. Which was not developed in the US. It was happening concurrently with all the stuff I just talked about. Okay. Released April 28th, 1980 as part of the Game & Watch handheld series created by Gunpei Yokoi. Developed by Nintendo R and D One, published by Nintendo. Ball. <laughs> oh, ball. Game Watch. Game Watch. Game Watch.
2: Game Watch. It's
0: a demo game Watch. Oh, demo game Watch. It's game Watch. game Watch. game game Watch. game Watch. game Watch. Game Watch. Game Game Watch.
1: <laughs> game watch! Uh, that game is going to be 43 years old this month.
0: Yes. You, you heard him say it. Bull. <laughs> In addition to Judge, Vermin, and Fire.
1: Uh, okay.
0: Those were the, the earliest Game and Watch games. You heard of Game and Watch? No.
1: I mean, I guess technically you talked about it like last week, so yes.
0: You, you ever played a Super Smash Brothers? Uh, one, fin- once or twice. In Super Smash Brothers, there is a character named Mr. Game and Watch. Mr. Game and Watch. <laughs> who is essentially a black and white stick man, who he is the star of the game, the Nintendo Game and Watch series of handhelds. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the game and watch was a whole collection of them. There's 60 of them, mm-hmm. over 60 of these little. It was, it was literally a game and a watch. It looked, it was the size of a like a calculator, mm-hmm. and it, it told the time, and it had one game on it. That was the game and watch, <laughs> and there were over 60 little games that you could play in addition to having a watch on you.
1: Oh wow! Like
0: we we have we have one. We played we played uh, the 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 re like the Super Mario branded re release. The mm-hmm. I think it's called Game and Watch Super Mario Brothers. It was released like a few years ago. Yeah, uh, the, it's about the size of an original Game and Watch. Does that sound feel like something you would want to carry around with you to tell the time to take the place of an actual watch, like a wristwatch?
1: I mean, it's about half the size of my phone, and I carry that around to tell the time. I with guess that's me. true.
0: I'm just saying, if I'm a Japanese businessman in the year 1980. It's like, where am I going to hold it? Like, Actually, I,
1: guess it, I think it's the actual size of my phone.
0: It's smaller. Like, the game we watches were a little smaller than our phones.
1: Okay, so yes, I would.
0: <laughs> have, it, have it in my inside pocket. Mm-hmm. If I'm on the train, just pull it out.
1: Literally what I do with my phone. <laughs> Except it's TikTok instead of a game.
0: Yeah, so I think for pretty much anybody of our generation, the first, like, encounter with the Game & Watch would have been Mr. Game & Watch Ooh. in Super Smash Brothers. I actually have a funny story about that. So, I don't know how familiar you are with Smash Brothers, like, culture, you know? Like, the, the hype surrounding Smash Brothers.
1: I know that the longest fanfiction in the world is a, a Smash Brothers fanfiction. I
0: didn't know that. <laughs> oh, no.
1: It's so long! I'm, I'm just
0: saying, if we ever do a Smash Brothers... Absolutely Show. not. <laughs> we can look into that. No, <laughs> um, the thing about Smash Brothers is they they have it is a collection. A like it's like an all star cast of Nintendo characters. It's mm-hmm. a fighting game. It features Super Mario, Luigi, you know, and then characters from other Nintendo properties like Link from the Legend of Zelda or Kirby.
1: From the Legend of Zelda.
0: From, from Kirby is in the Legend of Zelda. Hey. He's, he's an enemy called Anti Kirby.
1: Oh. What. Well, side note it has nothing to do with this, but a little bit. Yesterday we decided Kirby is always going through puberty. Kirby is puberty. What? Excuse me. He's always hungry. He's always hungry. He's his body is constantly changing in ways he doesn't expect, and he, he finds it hard to communicate with those around him.
0: <laughs> you may continue. He's only he's Anti Kirby He's is... only angry in the U.S. <laughs> Um, Star Fox is in there. Yoshi, Donkey Kong. I love me a Yoshi. It is a collection of don- So, when the first Smash Brothers released, um, it, it came with like a cast of eight characters,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then four hidden characters that you had to unlock. Okay. Right, Jigglypuff was one. Uh, Captain Falcon, Luigi <laughs> was. Why hidden. would you
1: have to unlock Luigi?
0: He's yeah, he's a secret character, but because there were four secret characters, and you didn't know. How many, like at the time, it's like unless you had a strategy guide or you had access to the internet, which I had neither, Mm. you didn't know who the secret characters were. Ah. So we, and the schoolyard was a a cesspool of lies, of lies and rumor and innuendo. (laughs) And people would lie about, oh, yeah, man, you could totally unlock Metal Mario.
1: Oh my gosh. Can you do that now?
0: No. No. Uh, in I think in Melee there's a metal box uh, like a block from Mario that mm-hmm. t- gives you the metal suit and you become like a chrome version of yourself for a brief amount of time so you could technically play as Metal Mario hmm. later uh, but yeah everyone oh man you could totally unlock you know character X you know like Sonic and Tails they're in there <gasps> They're in. I remember when Melee came out 2001 Sony. yeah on the schoolyard people would say like oh yeah you could totally play a Sonic. <gasps> There's Sega, not Sony.
1: Hi, kids. I video game real hard. <laughs> Sega and Sony sound the same. They could be the same.
0: And uh, I remember six It's probably around, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, probably fifth grade. I was just hanging out on the schoolyard, you know, at the playground mm-hmm. during recess. And my friend is telling me about, hey, man, I heard I heard in the. Smash Brothers melee, there's a secret character you can unlock. He's called Mr. Game and Watch.
1: Oh. And I was like, what a... is
0: that? What is he? And he's like, I don't know, man. He's like a he's like a stick figure. I was like, You're lying. <laughs> We've been through this before. Like the one time there is not rumor and ruin. No, I was like, that's down. a lie. That's that's made up. You're making that up. Like that's ridiculous. Cause you know, like people at that point it's like I had been through this. Metal Mario's not in the game. Can't play as Giga Bowser, okay? <laughs> That's fake. Mr. Game & Watch, try harder.
1: Oh my god. He's
0: really in there. <laughs> Got it. So that so, friend you can always trust. So Mr. Game & Watch is literally the Nintendo's oldest character, like or one of them. One of Nintendo's oldest characters. Wow. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: I was going to say he's the steam
0: boot Willy, but I couldn't think of steam boot. Steam
1: boot? He's the steam boot Willy. Really.
0: Sort of, yeah. You know, he he plays that role. Mm but he uh we we we're sitting here for media maybe we played game and watch's first game ball that's true they had very simple names ball we Vermin, bro- rope fire we broke open a collector's item just for this just for you kids we, we did do that uh, the reason now i have played ball before because you were in little league <laughs> yes no, <laughs> no um so back when Super Smash Brothers Four released, Super Smash Bros for uh, 3DS and Wii U, mm-hmm. uh, they had they introduced a game mode called I think it was like All Star Mode or something like that. What they did was you could play. It was like a gauntlet. You could uh, you pick your character and then you fight through Nintendo's lineup of characters in chronological order. Mm-hmm. And so y- you fight Game and Watch first. Then you fight Donkey Kong and Mario, then Luigi, then whoever's next, right? Pac-Man. <laughs> they did it in release order, which mm-hmm. I thought was super fun and interesting. Cause yeah, like, yeah. Who's you know who's the oldest Nintendo character to appear in Smash? Mr. Game and Watch, mm-hmm. followed by Donkey Kong, um, and. In honor of that, uh, this was the summer of 2014. I had just graduated from college. I had a lot of free time on my hand, me and my friends. And uh,
1: and you were trying to woo someone. Continue.
0: We decided to try to be uh, video game streamers for a while. Twitch streamers. Oh, yeah. For a brief amount of time, I had a career as a Twitch streamer. I
1: remember this. Yeah.
0: And um, I had the idea, hey, let's. it was me and our young friend, uh, Alec. Oh, yeah. <laughs> young Alec. Mm. He's a, he's, Hi Alec <laughs> Yeah he was a teenager at the time And I thought it would be fun to like show him some some video game history So what we did was Using that Smash Brothers All-Star mode As a template We played through Nintendo's earliest catalog Like the first appearances Of the characters in Super Smash Brothers mm. So first game we played We booted up a ROM emulator a, a, uh, I think it was in, An in-browser emulator okay. Of Ball
1: and it was the most fun you had all that week. We played ball
0: week. probably for like two minutes. Like, <laughs> right, cool. Let's move on. <laughs> let's play Donkey Kong.
1: <laughs> you just gave it a courtesy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Play because just sc- you've played ball. Describe ball. It's like Tetris. No, it's not. Yes, it is. What it's you- like
1: it's the same thing as the the ping pong the it's, tennis one that you can sort use. of like
0: tennis for two in a way. Yeah. What do you, what is what does it look like? What do you do?
1: Uh you're basically juggling. There's a character and there's What's two or name? three balls. Is it Mr. Ball? Mr. Game and Watch. Mr. Game and Watch. There's a Mr. Game and Watch and he is juggling two to three balls and you just got to um move
0: the arms and catch the balls before they fall. And crash.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's the game, kids.
0: We, we, you play as a Stick man, a
1: very thin, sick man
0: <laughs> with with two arms, obviously, and they're out like this. Well, what am I doing here? uh the shrug emoji, yeah, he's kind of shrugging, or emoticon, and he can move in, I think it's like two positions, really, right?
1: It has to be three because no, I think have it's one, just two. two, three because there's no, three no,
0: arcs. No. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right, yeah, so it's. Yes. Yeah, so you can't he, mo- see he, he, it, we'll he can he can use his, he can move his arms in three different orientations where mm-hmm. like on one extreme his his right hand is really close to his face mm-hmm. and his left arm is farthest away from him. Right. And then one that's kind of right in the middle, both are equally the distance from his body and mm-hmm. then the opposite from the starting position. Right. So you move his you know his arms back and forth, and you tap the catch the balls in your cupped hands,
1: and then they fly back in the air. Yep. And you just got to see
0: how many rounds you can go, bruh. Get, you, get, you get points for every successful catch. Yeah. And then get, I got the high score on both. I've got the scores. <laughs> I got the scores written down right here. Um. Yeah, that is ball. It's very simple. Yeah. Is the like. It's so simple. We'll talk a little bit more about like the specifics, but uh, I have the history of ball. I have the history. <laughs> okay, I got it. Go ahead. Let's play ball. Let's play ball. Oh gosh! I wish I had like a th- this. This really requires like a real soundboard, like. <laughs> you can put that
1: in at the end. You know that. You I'm just edit saying, like this. we could do this
0: like morning zoo where I've got the soundboard. Oh and, you my know, gosh! <laughs> <laughs> have like a, a monkey. <laughs> Every time I mention Donkey Kong. Wow. Wow, go ahead, it's an April Fool's episode Do it, live your bliss No, it has to be real time, you know (sighs) Okay The history of Game & Watch is really the history of Nintendo You heard of them? You heard of Nintendo?
1: No, I've not I've watched an anime with a, like, Tiendo I said that with a Spanish accent Entiendo? Entiendo
0: (laughs) You know, Pokemon was a Nintendo game No, that was Sony Get out of here
1: Well, kids, I have been dismissed from this podcast. Have fun with Rod.
0: I want to take a guess. When, when do you think Nintendo formed, Founded? When was it founded? 19... 19. 1900? <laughs> oh, the, the year 19 AD.
1: <laughs> 19 Jesus AD. still walked the earth. Jesus was like, mm, guys, just wait a couple of thousand years for this. This is too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, wake up! No, so uh, probably like I don't know, 1975. 1975. I don't know. Well, 1980 was a plaque and play. So, watch and play and watch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nintendo was founded as Nintendo KARUDA on September 23rd, 1889. I was right. By f- by craftsman Futsujiro Yamuchi mm-hmm. in. Shimogyoku Kyoto, Japan. I'm going to have a lot of tr- problems with Whoa. these Japanese names.
1: Can you try it one more time?
0: Shimogyoku. She-mo-gi-o-ku? Shimogyoku? Shimogioku <laughs> Kyoto, Japan. Mm. I can't see it, so I'm just going anyway, to pr- the Mr. Yamauchi created Nintendo 1889 in Kyoto, Japan to produce and distribute handmade Hadafuda cards. Hanafuda, Hanafuda playing cards. So Nintendo started as a playing card company.
1: Okay, what's a Hanafuda card?
0: Hanafuda is like, I, I guess, like you know, it's like a particular Japanese style of playing card. Um, it's not like Western playing cards, like we have, you know, with face cards, but uh, it's it just popular at the time, you know.
1: All I can think of is Card Captor Hanafukku.
0: Cool. <laughs> yeah, so so Nintendo was a playing card company. Okay, for. Pretty much most of its lifespan. They uh, made playing cards.
1: That's 100 years before I was born.
0: Yep. The name Nintendo is commonly assumed to mean leave luck to heaven. Oh. But the assumption lacks historical validation. It can alternatively be translated to, quote, the temple of the free Hanafuda. Okay. I, I don't know. I liked I like leave luck to heaven. <laughs> I'm going to use that one instead.
1: Okay. I'm just going to call it Nintendo. <laughs>
0: By 1929, Nintendo, as a largely family business, had begun manufacturing other types of playing cards and had become the largest playing card company in Japan.
1: Oh wow! Good job, family.
0: Yeah. So th- at this point, Japan is you know they're they're allowing trade with outside countries. They're making Western pl- Nintendo is making Western trading cards like our yeah you know, got our it. decks of trading cards,
1: gambling cards.
0: Yes, because <laughs> uh, yeah. The Japanese, they loved to to gamble. They still do. Now I want to know the history
1: of playing cards. They had to have been made for gambling, right?
0: In Japan, they were, yeah. In 1949, Hiroshi Yamochi, great-grandson of company founder Fuzujiro Yamochi, became Nintendo's third president, launching a major expansion that would see Nintendo enter the children's market. The company even partnered with the Walt Disney Company to incorporate its characters into playing cards. Huh. So Hiroshi Yamauchi.
1: He... Sorry, are you saying that's the first um, Kingdom Hearts? It's the fir- <laughs> the, the first the, the first Disney and Nintendo collab is was not Kingdom Hearts, it was
0: the playing cards. Well, I mean, t- technically Kingdom Hearts was a collaboration between Square and Disney. But, but Sora did, did eventually show up in Smash Brothers, like, last year. <laughs> okay. Cool. But yeah, uh, Hiroshi Yamauchi, he was the, like, the big time president for most of Nintendo's, like, video game life. He wouldn't retire. I think he actually passed away before he was, like, su- succeeded. Um, like, uh, someone took over the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he didn't... Yeah, that wasn't until, like, the 2000s. So, he was president for a long time. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. He was, like, you know, the grandpa of Nintendo.
1: Gramps Nintendo. But yeah, no, he, I, he was the original Play and Watch. Because he's the grandpa. He
0: he also, I heard, was a very shrewd businessman. Like, very, like, you know, very intense, mm. from what I understand. So, yeah, he was the bigwig. Okay.
1: I mean, you don't get to run a company for... 50 plus
0: years without being shrewd so Nintendo's continued shift toward children and Japanese society's shift away from adult oriented playing cards as a hobby led to financial hardships for Nintendo in the early to mid 60s so this was when like I guess Japan was like well we're not gonna gamble with trading cards we're gonna gamble with pachinko machines instead Mm. well yeah Nintendo they were having some trouble adjusting yeah in order to turn things around, Nintendo made attempts to branch out into other industries, including taxicab services, huh. instant rice production, huh? television, and love hotels. Oh, wow. There were, at one point, Nintendo love hotels.
1: Now, here's the thing. I know that that version of Nintendo... Had no Mario, had no any of these things, no Zelda, none of it. but my brain, uh, instead of thinking of a love hotel that was the queen, a room with the queen of hearts, thought there was a Yoshi room. <laughs> and I didn't like that visual, so I had to share it with you. <laughs> Maybe they could go back to make some- A
0: red hot Mario room. <laughs> Birdo love hotel. You like
1: it a little crazy? L- Wario room. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. I'm stuck. On th- oh no, I'm stuck on this. I'm stuck on it. I don't like
0: it. The, the fun-
1: <laughs> I'm come like, visit my haunted you really mansion. Really think about it. Like
0: the the these are like the Wild West days of Nintendo. Uh huh. Like they're they're like a you know a, a step and a hop away from the Yakuza at this point.
1: Oh, like think yeah, about it, like they're de- they're dealing
0: in seedy businesses.
1: That's fair. <clears throat> hey Nintendo, just in case you have actual Yakuza
0: ties, this. Was a joke. <laughs> it was it was indeed a joke. <laughs> Nintendo's fortunes would change with the hiring of Gunpei Yokoi. Now that's a name you don't know. No probably, but you should. So you heard of Shigeru Miyamoto?
1: I have the father, you say it very often. It's the father
0: of Mario, great Legend of Zelda and other things. Mm. Pikmin. Um that so he you know, a lot of people say like, Oh yeah, he's like the Walt Disney of video games, right? Mm-hmm. But uh Before there was Miyamoto, there was Gunpei Yokoi. Okay. Gunpei Yokoi is responsible for, like, probably Nintendo's earliest successes in video games. Mm. And he created some things like the Game Boy. Ah, He's the father of the Game Boy. He's the father of the uh, D-pad, the directional cross-shaped D-pad on controllers. That was him. Okay. Good job, Gunpei. Yeah, Yeah, Gunpei Yokoi is, like, the guy. Is first name? Yes.
1: Good job, jo- jo- Yoke- Yokoi
0: san Yokoi san Yeah. <laughs> Mister, Mister Yokoi, fresh out of university, Yokoi was hired by Nintendo in 1965 to maintain the assembly line machines used to manufacture its cards.
1: Okay. He joined the not Yakuza.
0: So he was a maintenance man. Uh. The following. Th- this is like the craziest like story. Mm. The following year, President Hiroshi Yamauchi made a visit to the factory where Yokoi was working. And took notice of an extending arm toy that Yokoi had made for his own amusement during his spare time while doing maintenance. So think of like, it was like a little yeah, lever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was like a little arm on a
1: Yeah, definitely spring. seen those things. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Impressed by the device, Yamauchi ordered Yokoi to develop it as a proper product for that year's Christmas rush. Ordered? <laughs> it's like, Boy, you better pay me. Who, who made that? I did, sir. Make more. <laughs> And from that point forward, Yokoi was Yamauchi's right-hand man. Mm. He was like, if, if Yamauchi had a problem, he'd go to Yokoi.
2: Oh, that's and, nice. And it
0: was like, hey, what what should we do? Like, what's your idea? How can we sell this? You know? All right. I'm dealing business with these people. What should we make for them?
1: Yo. Right place, right time, right yes. brain. <laughs>
0: yes. The Ultra Hand, as it would be called, was a huge success for Nintendo. Prompting Yamauchi to expand the company's toy division. Ah. And from that point forward, Nintendo became a toy company.
1: Hey! So
0: I really think the heart of Nintendo, as we know it, the video game heart, like the, the philosophies that drive the way Nintendo operates, which mm-hmm. sometimes Nintendo's kind of behind the times. Ooh. Like, they're not like on the cutting edge technology wise, mm-hmm. but they always fall back on like toy principles, mm. you know, like children's toy principles. Right. It's like, ha- we sell timeless toys. Mm-hmm. Like so a lot of like Nintendo's old developers it's like they think of video games as toys. I mean they are. They they kind of are.
1: I I mean like I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, right? No. Like I'm an adult and I need Don't say adult toys. <laughs> 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 I'm an adult and I need to have fun and toys for adults are necessary because we didn't. Gr- yeah.
0: We need action figures. We, no.
1: <laughs> we don't have to rename it. A toy is a toy. Let us have toys.
0: Yokoi would go on to develop other hit toys for the company, including the 10 billion barrel puzzle, which is like a little. It's like a barrel shaped puzzle toy. Okay. A miniature remote controlled vacuum cleaner called the Choritori. Choritori? I guess. A baseball throwing machine called the Ultra Machine Dead. and a Love Tester.
1: Oh, is that another one of it's those one like, like yeah zappers? You, you, you zapper, you mm. hold on to it.
0: And it's funny because um a lot of the Nintendo loves to shout out its history and its games mm-hmm. now. Like it loves to celebrate its old stuff. So the Ultra Hand, the Love Tester, the Ultra Machine, these have all appeared in video games as like Easter eggs. Mm. I, the Ultra Toy and the Love Tester I both both have appeared in Zelda at some point. Huh. Yeah, so they're I mean, proud of their history.
1: Yeah, holding on to your roots. At
0: some point, a Nintendo they made uh, Lego knockoffs, <laughs> basically like blo- building oh, block yeah, toys, yeah. and those have appeared in Mario games. Clicko men. In 1970, Nintendo produced Japan's first electronic toy, the Beam Gun. Beam Gun. An optoelectronic pistol designed by Masayuki. Limera, it was. You pointed at it's like, pew pew. it's like a little pistol, mm-hmm. and you point it at a arcade-like setup, and it was like a virtual shooting gallery. Okay. Uh, it wasn't a video game because I don't think it had video elements. It was it was an electromagnetic game. Okay. Or, a, or so a electromechanical you, game. Like so, if a, you
1: aimed right, it would knock something. Yeah,
0: out. it was like what you do. At, what you see at the midway at the fair. Mm-hmm. The company subsequently partnered with Magnavox, the people who made the Odyssey. The Magnavox Odyssey, I talked about them earlier.
1: Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So they partnered with Magnavox to provide a light gun controller for their new home video game console, the Magnavox Odyssey, in 1971. And that's how Nintendo got involved in video games.
1: Got it. They made this beam
0: beam gun thing.
1: Is basically what our controllers are nowadays.
0: Sort of, yeah. And and light guns are really interesting because they only work with CRT televisions. Oh, that's how the technology works. Like it yeah. finds like the individual, I, I think, like pixels mm-hmm. of the TV, and that's how you're able to you know make a little reticle, and it can read. It's like a super simple technology, from what I understand, mm-hmm. but it only works on CRTs.
2: Huh.
0: Only works on tube TVs. It didn't work. It doesn't work on LCDs, and that's how. You, that's why you can't play old light gun games on new TVs anymore.
1: Huh? That's so interesting.
0: So like the Wii, or like you know. Remote controls, like, they have sensors. Mm -hmm. It's, like, infrared or something. Like, that's why with the Wii, you have to have, like, a little bar at the bottom. Right. Uh, It's not a light gun. Anyway, Nintendo made a light gun. They partnered with Magnavox to make it for their home console, and that's how Nintendo entered the video game industry. All right. The Beam Gun helped Nintendo jump headfirst into the arcade market as the company began releasing its own light gun-based electromechanical arcade games, including the Laser Clay Shooting System in 1973 and wild gunman in 1974. Now, I, have you have you heard of the movie uh Back to the Future Part 2?
1: I may have heard of it. It sounds slightly familiar. There's a
0: scene where Marty McFly enters the Cafe 80s in the year 2015. It's like a, you know, it was released in 1989 and they were talking they were presenting what they thought the future would look like in mm-hmm. 2015 and Marty walks into a Nostalgia Cafe based on the 1980s.
1: Where he has come from.
0: And he sees two kids playing an arcade game in the corner. Mm -hmm. And one of those kids is a little uh, Elijah Wood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a cowboy game. Mm -hmm. That game was Wild Gunman. Ah. Nintendo, one of Nintendo's earliest arcade games. Huh. And and Marty, like, I'm a crack shot at this. (laughs) And the little kid goes, you have to use your hands? That's like a baby's toy. (laughs) Which is funny considering Nintendo would make, like, the Wii
1: yeah, which is all babies' toys.
0: Nintendo's first true video arcade game, EVR Race, was released in 1975, while its first video game home console, the Color TV Game 6, released in 1977. So, I this was a reminder for me. Their first home console was not the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES, mm-hmm. 1985. It was the Color TV Game 6, And they released a few color TV games. Okay. Yeah, it was like, it was called the Game Six because there were only six games for it. Ah. (laughs) They released more later that were. The
1: Furious Six. So Nintendo's
0: first home console series was the color TV game. Okay. In the 70s. So I was right, the 70s. Nintendo was there from the start. (laughs) I guess if you want to say Nintendo as we know them, a video game company Mm -hmm. started in 1975. Yeah.
1: I was right. That's right, kids. This has all been a shoot. I'm a shark. A video game shark.
0: Just like Jaws Unleashed.
1: Why would you put a leash on a shark?
0: This is a a snacker from Banjo-Kazooie. He was a video game shark. (laughs) And that brings us to the Game & Watch. I love this story. (laughs) While traveling on a bullet train in Japan, Gunpei Yokoi, now head of Nintendo's video game division, saw a bored businessman playing with an LCD calculator by pressing the buttons. So he was just so bored that he was just messing around with his calculator. This encounter gave Yokoi the idea for a watch that doubled as a miniature game machine for killing time. Hmm. And thus the the game and watch was born.
1: Yeah. You know, I could definitely understand, like, in a country of commuters, you need something. Public
0: commuters, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. I mean, I wish we had the trans- public transport, but I would just be listening to podcasts all day. That's what well, I do couldn't anyway.
0: they could do that. Like, they could play, maybe listen to their Walkman. Oh, yeah. And play the game and watch.
1: Yep. Well, not yet. It hasn't been. It hasn't been written. It's just an idea in our in our our man's brain.
0: Yokoi pitched the idea to Yamauchi, who, thanks to a chance encounter, subsequently presented it to Akira Seiki, president of Sharp, the world's biggest manufacturer of calculators. Hey, So I had a Sharp calculator. Sharp had the technology, Nintendo had the idea, and they partnered <laughs> to make the Game & Watch. So, like, the Game & Watch systems really worked t- t- calculator technology. The screens looked like calculator screens. They were that simple. Yeah, yeah. Yokoi developed what would become the Game & Watch family of systems. Sweet. The first Game & Watch title, Ball, released April 28, 1980, in both Japan and the United States. Oh. Yeah, we got it, too. Dang. It was the first of five in what is called the Silver Series. So there were, like, generations of Game & Watch. hmm The Silver Series and then the Gold Series, and then they had, like, things like the Dual Screen Series, which it looked, uh. like, an Int- it looked like a Nintendo DS before the DS. Huh. Um, they had, like, Widescreen Series and all these different, like, iterations on the same concept. Mm-hmm. It still looked like a calculator, but it, you know, could do more advanced-type games. Okay. In the U.S., where it was published by toy manufacturer Mego, the game and watch was known as Time Out, and ball was known as Toss Up. Huh. So Mego marketed and distributed the game and watch in the United States, and it was called the Time out, the Mego Time Out.
1: <laughs> oh wow! And when did Mego go out of business? Because I've after never the heard. Silver
0: after the Silver Series, they they died. <laughs> Mego died, and Nintendo just. Dis- you know, kept on pushing. Yeah, they published the game and watch themselves. Mm, so makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, amigo, that's ball. Amigo, that's the history of game and watch, I guess. Okay. Yeah, we played game and watch. We played ball for Meat. collectively twenty minutes, maybe.
1: Oh yeah, it was a long if, twenty minutes. If that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, wanna wanna out? You know, just describe our experiences with ball. We were sitting on a couch. I was reading a
1: webtoon and he said, hey, you want to do this? And I said, no. And he said, I'll charge it. And then we sat on the couch and we played some ball or some toss up, depending on where you're from.
0: Most Game and Watch games. I played it first, by the way. We played both games because most Game and Watch titles have two versions of that game. Mm -hmm. They have Game A and Game B. Hard mode that's what it was game yeah. a is usually harder and then game no. B is there's oh right game a is easier game B is faster more difficult yeah so what's the difference between game a and game B a ball an extra ball an extra ball <laughs> with game a you're bouncing two balls in game B you're bouncing three balls yep and I sat down and played game a first and it's 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 baby easy. <laughs>
1: You had to use your hands. Of course, it's a baby game. It
0: was a baby game. <laughs> it, it was like I'm sitting there. It was so simple. I got, I got so bored <laughs> that I failed on purpose because <laughs> I was like, I'll never, I'll never fail this. Yeah, it's so easy. It's so easy. Uh,
1: and yet, I failed not on purpose.
0: Yeah, uh, I got our high scores here. I I quit <laughs> after getting 122 bounces
1: on the first game
0: on the fir- on game A. Uh, you played, mm-hmm. and uh, you got to. I didn't. I did not record this one, but you got to about sixty.
1: Yep, I'm not good at games, even stupid little ones. So what happens if you fail? Uh, it falls on the ground, and goes crash, because it was actually an egg.
0: Yeah, so you're like juggling eggs, really. You yeah. Know, like the eggs, the egg hits the ground, and it says crash. <laughs> so just like on a calculator, where like the elements are kind of baked in mm-hmm. to the screen. They just light up when they're in use. Right? Yeah. Like think of like even like a like a digital clock. Right. Mm-hmm. All of the the uh, light up elements are present on the screen. Yeah. They're just dull. Yeah. So the Game & Watch is the same thing. Mm-hmm. All of the elements are on the screen. They just light up depending on what's, you know, being in use. So yeah. like the, the arc of the balls are all outlined. You could see them. On the original Game and Watch, mm-hmm. like we played on like a digital screen with the Mario one, mm-hmm. but like I showed you what they look like in use back in the '80s, yeah. And it's like, yeah, you could see the arc of the ball if you tilt it right, like if yeah, you, like tilt it towards the sun or something, yeah. Uh, you could Very see easy. all of the different permutations of the man's arms, yeah. Uh, you can even see the little crash, crash at the on the bottom, yeah, and the outline of the clock because again, oh yeah, it's a watch. Both. It's also it's a game and a watch. Um, when, when the game is not in use and you're just using it as a watch, basically it was, it's it almost like an animated GIF, um, Game & Watch would yeah. be bouncing, no, y- he would be bouncing the ball back and forth, just one ball back yeah. and forth, it would just be like an animated GIF and then the clock at the top, huh. so, you know, it was like a digital clock at the top of the screen and you just see Game & Watch, like, juggling one ball back and forth.
1: In the original iteration, did you charge this or did you have to, like, change the
0: batteries? It came with little batteries, mm. like, it, it was like, again, okay, so... Like I told you, Nintendo has never been on the cutting edge Mm technology-wise, right? But a lot of the time, even with the Game Boy, they they always valued function over, like, quality, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, like the quality of the image, they wouldn't prioritize. They would prioritize function. So the Game & Watch was so simple and used so little power Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it could run for, like, days on those two little watch like watch yeah. batteries, like Got the little it. circular ones, you know, yeah. didn't need double A's and you know, or anything like they had. Mm-hmm. just like baby little watch batteries mm-hmm. and this thing would run forever. Okay. That's why the Game Boy was so successful because you put two double A's in that thing and it will last for days. Yeah. Whereas the competitors to the Game Boy, like the uh, Atari Lynx or the Sega Game Gear. They had to be plugged in. You had to, they required like eight double A batteries mm. and it would last for like two hours. Oh, wow. So then that was, Gun- I think that was Gunpei Yokoi's philosophy. It's like, hey, we make this thing to, to like work.
1: Yeah. This yeah. thing
0: needs to work and work well. Yeah. There's a famous story about the Game Boy. Uh, a, a US a soldier took a Game Boy with him to the Persian Gulf in 19, mm-hmm. in the early 90s mm-hmm. during the uh, the Gulf War. And his, he was, he was, I, th- I think he was riding in a, a Jeep and their Jeep was hit with by mortar fire. And uh, ever, I, I think he survived, mm-hmm. right? And his Game Boy survived. Oh, wow. so I think this Game Boy is still running in like a museum somewhere, huh. and you can see it. It's been hit by mortar fire, and it still works. Well, did they work with Nokia on it? Huh?
1: Did they work with Nokia to make that? It's
0: Nintendo. Well, they work with Sharp. Apparently. Well, I don't know about the, the Game, Game Boy. Boy just because yeah, Nokia's, uh,
1: Nokia's will also
0: and Nokia's will also. They're indestructible. damage. Yes. Yeah. So that's why it's like, it's kind of like out of the ordinary. You've heard of uh, Joy-Con drift these days.
1: Yes. You have said that.
0: So <laughs> the Nintendo switch, which is Nintendo's new console, mm-hmm. uh, it has a problem called Joy-Con drift. Joy-Cons are its controllers mm-hmm. and these sticks uh, for some reason, like the magnetic thing at the bottom of the, s- the control sticks that move left to right and stuff. Sometimes they'll get off. They'll st- Stick or get off kilter where the game is constantly Pushing receiving your, an input, yeah. even though you're not pressing anything, right? Which is a big problem mechanically. Yeah, the Nintendo of old, I think that's like people say, Oh man, Nintendo is not what they used to be because mm-hmm. the Nintendo of old would not stand for that. Yeah, if they knew that there was a problem with their controllers where it would just you know not work mm-hmm. for some reason, old Nintendo be like, It's unacceptable.
1: Yeah. And be like, pull them all back. Give everyone who bought one free this. <laughs> Maybe not that.
0: They were they, We had to bully them into doing that. But yeah. Yeah. They replaced them for free now. But still. Yeah. That was Nintendo's philosophy. Make it functional. The most. Yeah. And that's how you get an easy baby game. <laughs> uh, Yeah. Well, then we played game B, which was harder. Three balls. Yeah. And uh, that one. You want to you describe your experiences with that one?
1: Um, my eyes kept losing the balls, which I guess that's the point to get confused. Uh and then the ticks got louder and faster.
0: Yeah, because these back then you couldn't turn your game and watch down, by the way. Oof. So imagine you're sitting on the bullet train.
1: And there's so many of these and, just going. And you hear tick tick, tick, tick tick. There's tick, like eighty of them going i would lose my mind you couldn't turn them down i would
0: lose my mind i think that was a function they added later it's like hey you could turn your game and watch sound good. off good because i just walked from hokkaido
1: to like no no Woo.
0: <laughs> but yeah that, that was the thing about the game and watch even even on the, the easy game a it's kind of hard to predict where the ball will fall even though you know that the ball's like arc is predetermined, mm-hmm. it's still kind of like weird. You can't, it, it, sometimes you lose it and you're like, well, where's it going to land? Right. You. You. Yeah. So when there were three balls, it got real hectic. Yes. Because at one point, all three balls were landing at the exact same time and mm-hmm. you had to like, left, right, left.
1: Yeah. It was a lot.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know how they added up the score, but in every
1: game, single time you hit one. So you got like three each time. So it'd be like two, two, two.
0: No, no, I, I thought it was like maybe like a hundred points per bounce. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something like that because somehow I ended up with one thousand nine hundred and forty points.
1: Yeah, there was ten. They were ten per. Oh, okay.
0: Hit. So I, I guess I, I bounced one hundred ninety-four balls in game B.
1: Yeah, It's pretty
0: good. Uh, <laughs> how many you get? Did you get? You I remember? can't
1: remember, but it was less than a hundred.
0: No, it was more than hundred.
1: Oh, okay.
0: one hundred and fifty.
1: I did it fifteen times, kids. I'm not a gamer.
0: (laughs) Well, that's Ball. That's Ball. (laughs) That's Ball. Would you recommend Ball? No. No. (laughs) It is only interesting for historical purposes. It's not fun. You could play it for free on the internet. Just Google it. Yeah. Ball emulator. You could play it in your browser. It's not even like... Well, I don't know. Nintendo might be... Nintendo's a stickler about that. They might Mm -hmm. be trying to take those down. But Uh. uh, it's, it's so... Easily emulatable that you could play it in your browser. Mm -hmm. Like even as like a flash game. Yeah. Uh, That's the only way to play it these days because, uh, well, they might still sell the Game & Watch Super Mario Brothers, which was a little fancy handheld system that looked like an old Game & Watch, but it came with three classic Super Mario games and you can play a Mario themed version of Ball. Yeah. So we played it on that. Mm-hmm. And in that, in our version, Mister Game and Watch was replaced by Mario. Yeah, and I think that's the the easiest way to play it officially right, right. now because they released it on the 3DS eShop for three dollars, <laughs> like you know, ten years ago. Uh, but the problem is you can't add funds to your 3DS eShop anymore,
2: uh, so you can't.
0: I tried. I, I yeah. was gonna. I'm gonna pay Nintendo for Game and Watch, so I didn't have to open up my collector's item but I couldn't
1: <laughs> so I lost three dollars and a collector's item.
0: So yeah uh, game ga- you can't even play game and watch ball originally anywhere officially anymore. Huh. Um, you can't and they don't have game and watch games on Nintendo switch online. they just yeah it, it, it's it's in the vault. <laughs> it's in the vault. Uh, yeah so there you go. Uh, don't play ball.
1: <laughs> no kind of ball. Soccer ball? I mean, it's, ball? again, it's
0: like only if you're like, would you like to play uh, one of Nintendo's first games? Sure, you can, but I wouldn't recommend it. You you, you won't enjoy it. <laughs> would you like to play a game? <laughs> but what did the world think? What, the what does think? the world think? Because I could not find any old reviews <laughs> of, of Ball.
1: There was no internet then,
0: oh, obviously. Yeah, so I, I got some like contemporary reviews of Ball re-releases, including the Super Mario Ball. But sales-wise, Ball sold somewhere under two hundred and fifty thousand units, contributing to the Game and Watch series' total worldwide sales of 14 million units during its first year of release. That's pretty good. 14 million in in the first year. one year? year? Yeah, in two regions. That's pretty good, honestly. Most Game & Watch titles sold about as well as ball, though 1982's Donkey Kong Game & Watch title, based on the arcade game of the same name, sold 8 million units alone. Mm. That was the most popular Game & Watch game, Hmm. Donkey Kong, because people love Donkey Kong. yeah. Why do people love Donkey Kong? It was a good arcade game. Oh, okay, yeah, it was just like it was a decent arcade game. I, Maybe that's... we'll talk about it in nineteen if we if we do nineteen eighty one someday. Moving on, let us know what you think in the comments. Other than as an important piece of Nintendo history, Ball these days is seen as quote simple, limited, and even dull. <laughs> yes, it, I agree. It, it, it game A was so dull. I. Failed on purpose not to play it anymore. (laughs) For example, in reviewing the game's 2010 DSiWare re-release, Nintendo Life said, If you're looking for an addictive, exciting gameplay experience, regardless of history, then ball is not the way to go. (laughs) The problem is that until you're hundreds of points deep, the game poses next to no challenge for anyone accustomed to more taxing fare. That is to say... Anything made in the past 30 years. How long can you go becomes how long will you care? (laughs) That's exactly right. Well, I feel offended
1: (laughs) because I didn't give up.
0: I'm just bad. (laughs) Some have had some fun with it, though. Reviewing the Game & Watch Super Mario Bros. System, IGN said Ball is, quote, extremely simple and actually a lot of fun. And Den of Geek said it, quote, Remains a fun way to spend a few minutes chasing high scores. (laughs) Just a few minutes, though, nothing more. No, like if you have that Super Mario Game and Watch, I'd be I'd be playing Mario, not Ball. Yeah, put it that way. It's a neat thing to that exists, Mm -hmm. but it's there's no reason to play Ball. Don't do it. And what are the legacy of Ball (laughs) and and the Game and Watch in general? Because I have a little bit of that too. Ball has been ported to several systems over the years, including the Game Boy, the Nintendo Mini Classic, the Nintendo DS, and the Nintendo 3DS. Can't play any of them anywhere, though. Not digitally. You can't buy them. Mm -hmm. Like, unless you have them, dead. You can't buy it. Yeah. In 1991, Ball was reworked into Mario the Juggler, Nintendo's last classic game and watch title.
1: Mario got a second job? Well, Mario's had
0: many jobs.
1: But I thought he was just a plumber. He's What's all a, these side he's gigs? He's been a plumber.
0: He's been a uh, cement worker. He's been a uh, construction worker. He's been a referee. He's, he's been, been a, a guy in a hat. <laughs> well, Mario's been many jobs. Okay. He's been a doctor.
1: That gig economy, my guy. <laughs> Can't afford rent No, Mario is
0: the working man. He's the working class <laughs> man. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so ball technically is the first and last game in watch game.
1: Hmm.
0: Cool. A, quote, modern version of ball featuring mario yoshi wario and king koopa as jugglers was an unlockable mini game in 1998's game and watch gallery 2 for the game boy huh so you could play like it, it was like game boy color version so it was in color mm-hmm. it was fancy it had a cool background and stuff like that you can play as yoshi juggling eggs
1: yoshi oh yoshi don't drop those eggs. his arms are so short <laughs> yoshi yoshi don't juggle them eggs
0: you heard of yoshi <laughs> <laughs> no Ball also appeared as a micro game called Game and Watch Toss Up, Toss Up, Toss Up <laughs> in 2004's WarioWare Touched, and as another just called Ball in 2013's Game and Wario. What? Just called Ball. Just called Ball. A game, the WarioWare series has is kind of in a way the extension of Game and Watch. So there's a series of video games now called WarioWare, which are called micro games. It was a collection of little five-second games. So you play WarioWare. It's like five-second minigames. And it's like either pass or fail in five mm-hmm. seconds. And it's, you know, just this... It's a really fun party game. I feel like you'd enjoy it. Because it's just like, five seconds. Pick your nose. <laughs> and you play it And it's like, there's a, a nose and a finger. And you control the finger to get up into the nose. Uh, if you can do it in five seconds, you win. Huh. And it's like... uh throw this javelin you got five seconds to throw the javelin you know it's just like quick rapid fire micro games and a lot of them are based on classic nintendo games including game and watch games Hmm, that's cool
1: side note can you uh make a video edit of uh, the better call saul um commercial except it's better call ball it's just (laughs) it's just ball mr ball (laughs) better call ball (laughs) better call ball anyway continue
0: a physical re-release of Ball was made available exclusively via Club Nintendo between 2009 and 2011. So that was the last time you could actually buy a, oh, wow. an actual Game & Watch Ball huh. system.
1: Like 20, like 30 years after its release? Yeah,
0: it was it, it was the 30, I think it was because it was the 30th anniversary. Mm. So you could just buy, or 20th anniversary. No, 30th, 30th. It had
1: to be 30 because
0: yeah. it was 12. Yeah, 30. So you, yeah, you buy an actual little Game & Watch that played Ball. And finally, a Mario-themed version of Ball was included in Game & Watch Super Mario Bros. in 2020, which replaces the main character with Mario or Luigi.
1: Yeah. Luigi
0: was a secret. Yeah. I don't know how to unlock him,
1: but
0: oh. look that up. We, we could have played as Luigi as well.
1: No, probably had to sink way too many hours into it. <laughs> Why is Luigi always the secret?
0: And what of the Game & Watch as a whole? Nintendo produced 60 Game & Watch titles between 1980 and 1991, over the course of ten series, it's a lot of games. Yeah. And a lot of those games were then referenced by Mr. Game and Watch and Super Smash Brothers. Huh. Yeah. So you so you gotta you wanna rescue some you wanna be a fireman and rescue people who are jumping out of a building, yes. a burning building, catch them with a trampoline? You could do that. <laughs> you wanna pound on rats coming out of the ground? You could do that. Yikes. Yeah. The Game and Watch was home to funnily enough, Luigi's first appearance. Oh. Luigi debuted on the Game & Watch.
1: Why is he a secret? <laughs> he
0: he debuted in the Mario Brothers Game & Watch game which released a few months before Mario Brothers The Arcade game. Huh. So yeah, Luigi's first appearance on the Game & Watch. Okay. The Game & Watch carried entries in long-running Nintendo franchises like Super Mario, Balloon Fight, Ice Climbers, Donkey Kong, and The Legend of Zelda.
1: Hmm. There
0: was a Legend of Zelda Game & Watch game. Oh and the game and watch featured various licensed characters like uh, i'm just going to play a clip for this one <laughs> Adventure is on the horizon. Stanley's going buggy. Mario Brothers have their hands full, and Donkey Kong's going ape. It's rough seas for Popeye, and Snoopy's got to get on the ball. But you can help.
2: You got Nintendo Game and Watch. That's pocket power. Wide screen or multi screen games, you can play indoors or out. They tell you the score and even the time. They're pocket power. They're Game and Watch. Fourteen and all, only from
0: Nintendo. Nintendo! Pocket power! (laughs) So, yeah, the Game & Watch... uh, Imagine a a commercial in the year 1984 or whatever. Hey, do you want to play as Mario? The Mario Brothers? Donkey Kong? Snoopy? (laughs) Popeye? Mickey Mouse? He didn't mention Mickey Mouse, but Mickey Mouse also appeared on the Game & Watch. Oh, dang. So, yeah, the Game & Watch was an all-star cast.
1: Yeah, it was the first Smash Bros?
0: Yes. (laughs) So... Very interesting.
1: I mean, it's got a nice history.
0: Technologically, the Game & Watch, specifically the 1982 Donkey Kong title, was the first video game system to feature the now ubiquitous cross-shaped D-pad. Ah. So, it all got started on the Game & Watch. Okay. That fancy D-pad. Because until then, like, the Game & Watch systems, they had buttons, like... Uh, button for left, button for right.
1: So you'd be like, press the button twice if you want to get to the farthest. Mm-hmm. To the, okay, 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 okay. Yeah,
0: button on the yeah. So it's just like two buttons. Yeah. On both sides of the screen, and then uh, like obviously old arcade games and stuff, they generally use joysticks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and some buttons, but yeah, the the cross shaped D pad that yeah. we all know that Game and Watch.
1: Oh, D stands for directional.
0: Yes. <laughs> this particular design was patented and later earned a Technology and Engineering Emmy Award. Uh, well Emmy award-winning wow. Game & Watch.
1: I didn't know they give Emmys for I that. I didn't
0: either. <laughs> first and last. <laughs> and, of course, the Game & Watch brand is represented in Nintendo's Super Smash Bros. series with the character Mr. Game & Watch, who first appeared in 2001's Super Smash Bros. Melee. Mr. Game & Watch has subsequently appeared in Donkey Kong Country Returns, Rhythm Heaven Fever, and Super Mario Maker. And he received his own amiibo figure in 2015. Hey. So you can own a Mr. Game and Watch figure if you want.
1: Okay. Do you want that for your birthday? No. Okay. It's in a few Mi- days. We're gonna I make it happen.
0: Don't want no amiibos. <laughs> anyway, that's Game and Watch ball. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Uh, yeah, we're gonna go. To, we're gonna go take a break. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna close out with a a remix that I found. It is called Hey Ya Flat Zone Two, which is just a it's it's Hey Ya by Outkast, mm-hmm. but with Game of Watch sounds. Oh, uh, okay. And, that, and that's by YouTube's Brazdo VSN, if you care. So we're gonna close out with that, and we'll be back after the break with Jess's Game of 1980. Let's do it.
2: We'll return after these messages. Jogging gave you fallen arches? Take time out. Tennis gave you tennis elbow? Take time out, the new electronic sport where size and strength won't help. There are four time out games. Play toss-up, exterminator, Flagman, or fireman, fireman. All tell time and are so slim, you'll play them anywhere. Basketball through your back out. Take time out. Time out electronic games from Migo. We're back.
0: With a um, a Super Smash Brothers medley of for from about your game oh. 1980, because the main character of your game also appeared as a fighter in Super Smash Brothers. No, oh.
1: can you call it fighting if you have no arms?
0: I mean, the, oh weird. yeah, like he's been redesigned a few times, given arms and okay. a voice, like pretty much from the beginning, like other than the you know the arcade game. Uh, he always showed up with arms and a nose and a hat.
1: Did he have legs? Yeah. Oh, he had like yeah. a whole he just, yellow arm and, arms
0: and legs and just a whole person. A little walka-waka body.
1: Ran- <laughs> round person. Uh hey kids. Uh welcome to this segment where we're gonna talk about game. But um just in case we sound a little different, this is uh day two of recording and it is uh 725 in the morning and we got out of bed at 703. seven oh three. So our voices will warm up, but if they don't, have some crackly, crackly fireside voice time.
0: That's what it's called. Fireside chat. <clears throat> yeah. So what 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 game is this? What game is this? Um, pack and play. Released July nineteen eighty <laughs> in arcades, designed and directed by Toru Iwatani, developed and published by Namco pac-man 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 fever what's that i've got i've got a fever and the only cure is for more pac-man
1: i've got a fever pac-man
0: i've got pac-man fever okay everyone did in Mm. 1980 they had pac-man fever i was in 1980 i didn't have pac-man fever pac-man was a cultural icon for the 80s Mm. we should get pac-man shirts like like He's as like he he's as important as Ronald Reagan, 1980, Pac-Man,
1: and yet far less controversial.
0: Right, <laughs> you know, just just kind of silly and fun.
1: Pac-Man's my president,
0: <laughs> not, not my president. It's Pac-Man. <laughs> anyway, Pac-Man, we played it. You played it because uh, okay, here's the deal: it's it's both our games. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's I've played Pac-Man more than any arcade game probably ever. Other mm-hmm. than maybe Donkey Kong? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've played it. The uh, o- probably the only game from 1980... 1980- yes, the only game from 1980 you've played in the wild.
1: It's Pac-Man. It's Pac-Man. Yes.
0: You want to sh- share with us... Uh, where'd, you, where'd you first play Pac-Man?
1: Oh, on, uh, during the honeymoon of my first marriage, we went... <laughs> during the honeymoon to my current marriage...
0: Uh
1: huh. <laughs> On our honeymoon, we went to a bar that had games in it. Is that that's not where it was? It was San a bar. It was, it was a
0: barcade about two blocks from the historic Castro Theater. Yeah. Uh, I think it was called Detour SF. Was it? Yes. Okay. I looked cool. it up ahead of time. Yeah, <laughs> so that makes sense. Before this recording, He's, I so you don't think you have. <laughs> well, now I'm like I should have grabbed my phone to verify that. Uh, but I'm pretty fair. sure it's Detour SF. Yeah, it was sense. a great experience. It was really cool. Yeah, I yeah. never been I never been to a real barcade before.
1: Yeah, it was nice. the The people were friendly. The bartender, she was really nice. Uh, we uh, wrote our name in magnets somewhere.
0: <laughs> yes, we did do that. Um, and we played some arcade. We played some pinball. You know, we we got some drinkies. Yeah, and we played some arcade games. Yeah, and some like old I told ones, you, some new ones. I told you just like walk around and like if you saw an arcade game that you were like, I've heard of that. I told you, oh, you should play that. Not because we were going to record a podcast about it, just I feel like I needed to get some experience under your belt.
1: Incorrect. Kids, he's been trying to backdoor this episode before we were doing this podcast.
0: Well, yeah. So uh, do you remember any experience of playing Pac-Man back then?
1: Um, I thought the guy I was with was really cute. Uh, I was doing bad, so he held my arms to help me do better. No, just kidding. You never helped in video games. You're just like, sink a swim, sucker. Get good. <laughs> You're the worst. I, no, I just, you know, hands and drink, like hands on, a, on console and drink sitting in a cup.
0: Okay. <laughs> did I you, didn't did, get very far. Did you enjoy the Pac-Man?
1: Uh, maybe I probably didn't pass the first uh, what first screen. The first screen, I'm not good.
0: <laughs> um, and so what? What we did was, I okay, it was actually funny. I knew we were we knew we were going to record this episode, and I said, okay, well, we should make an experience of it. We should go to a real arcade so that you we can not only play Pac Man because I knew that was your game from 1980, but we can you know can sit there and play other classic arcade games too, and like you know make a whole story out of it mm-hmm. so we visited a, a local arcade a, in a, a small amusement zone riverside zone castle park historic castle park <laughs> which is a tiny like local amusement park slash water park slash arcade mini golf putt putt place you yes. know, that's one of those fun zones
1: it is an amusement zone indeed yeah but, you many know, it's, amusements it's like
0: your your local city's one it's not like a big you know yeah. Not Disney Six Flags I don't thing.
1: think most cities have a local amusement. No? no. Not even like a local putt-putt? No. Where I grew up, we had a, a fair that came in like once a year
0: or so. That was our local amusement. You know, Scandia? No, or a I, boom. What was that? Or a you have one based? There's one close to where you grew boom up. Boomerangs. Yeah, it's based on a uh, bullwinkles.
1: Yeah, that's not close to us. Yeah,
0: it's close enough.
1: No, nah, that's that's not a local amusement. We would have to drive basically out here.
0: Either way, we went to Castle Park because when I went, when I remember going there as a little kid. They had all the classic arcade games, like old arcade cabinets. You know, mm. everything from like Pac-Man. You know, 1982, like Street Fighter, and and. Uh, the Simpsons Simpsons arcade game, the mm-hmm. Turtles, Ninja Turtles arcade game, right? I was like, that's perfect. You know, they, they should have at least a few classic arcade games that we could sit down and play. You yeah. Know. Maybe, maybe, you know, build up some runners up for you or something. Yeah. Uh what happened when we got there in the year 2023?
1: They had all app games. All in the cabinets. classic
0: arcade cabinets were gone. Completely gone. I would I think the oldest game in the <laughs> refurbished a uh, Castle Park Arcade is Time Crisis Four, Ugh. and it showed its age. Oh my gosh, you can barely see the screen. Which is a game from probably like two thousand five, two thousand four. Oh wow, yeah, it's not an old game, but it, it was the oldest machine in that place. <laughs> Everything else was either like movie tie-ins, mm-hmm. you know, uh, gimmicky games like with like a you know like Moto GP with a, with a motorcycle controller, right, or right, like right. gun games, or literally apps turned into arcade games yep <laughs> like giant touch screens Yep. so you could you know so the kids they don't play arcade games anymore they play apps app games
1: yeah and there's also the classic uh do you just want to win a lot of tickets by pressing this button on the <laughs> just gambling games just straight yeah, up like gambling. you know little
0: like chucky cheese style games sure yeah token games yeah and ski ball they had virtual ski ball don't even oh real yeah, we didn't
1: play that because it was very confusing. I was like, "How do you virtual this?"
0: So yeah, I was a little disappointed because it's like, man, the 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 arcade scene as we dead. knew it, it's dead, dead, completely
1: murder, death, kill. So if
0: like we want to, if we want to go play like legit, authentic Pac Man, yeah. we we have to go to a specialty arcade like the one in San Francisco, like we did, yeah, or we have to go to like Fun Spot, which is like a, a arcade slash museum oh
1: we're not gonna do that
0: no uh so yeah we we, but of all that complaining pac-man was still there
1: pac-man was still there but not
0: as you know it existed in 1980 it wasn't a pac-man uh arcade cabinet it was a port of Mm pac-man called the world's largest (laughs) pac-man not 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 to be confused with the world's biggest pac-man which is also a game that exists two different things Buttos the world's largest Pac-Man. you want to describe what the world's largest Pac-Man was
1: It was like a seventy two inch screen TV turned
0: lengthwise and it was it was like it took up an entire wall mm. so it was really really big you know yeah. and it was it was so big that you had to like lean over the the control panel to like, see the bottom like where the joystick and the the buttons are you had to lean over where you're standing. The joysticks just to see the bottom of the screen, just to see the bottom of the maze.
1: It was not great, for but like... it.
0: But for for everything, it essentially was the classic game Pac-Man, mm-hmm. just on a giant screen. Yeah, uh, the 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 maze was exactly the same as it used to be. So that's the thing about old Pac-Man is uh, it was just one screen over and over and over again. Just faster. The ghosts just got faster and faster, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it got harder and harder. Um, so. It was just that screen, and there were like some fancy colors and stuff like that. But uh, it was it was just Pac-Man, mm. and I think the fruits moved. The fruits didn't move in a in classic Pac-Man.
1: Oh, they like bounced around. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and but changed. F- but for all that, Pac-Man is still your game because you played it one time before that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. now you have a game for like 2015, world's largest Pac-Man.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> we like all right, just cut and post this part. No.
0: So uh, describe Pac-Man. What is what is you know briefly tell us what is Pac-Man?
1: Pac-Man's a game where there's a bunch of balls you gotta eat, and you gotta eat them before the ghosts catch you.
0: Yep. What is what does Pac-Man look like?
1: He's got he's about four foot three. He always <laughs> has sneakers on his very yellow legs, which are super thin. But he's got guns on his arms. Uh, they're just like so he he's very swole. Got swole arms, chicken little fingers, uh, a big round head that goes, waka, waka, waka. <laughs> well,
0: the last part was accurate. <laughs> it's just a opening and closing yellow mouth. And he goes, waka, waka, waka. <laughs> and he runs from ghosts.
1: He does. Which, who would not? I would run for them without a waka, waka
0: mouth. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about the history of Pac-Man. It's not going to be as long as the history of Nintendo. Sweet. But the history of Pac-Man is the history of Namco.
1: Who's that?
0: Namco is the company that published and developed Pac-Man.
1: Okay. Good history. Moving on. <clears throat> they were
0: they were uh big hitters in the uh in the arcade space back then. And They uh, made
1: more games than just uh Oh yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: Pac-Man was like not even their first hit. Oh, okay. Yeah. And now they're uh, they're Namco Bandai, or Bandai Namco. They merged with Bandai.
1: Uh, Isn't that like a toy company?
0: I think so. Yep, so Namco's still around, and it's a a new form. It's final form. But Namco was founded by Masaya Nakamura as Nakamura Saisakusho on June 1st, 1955. Okay. Yeah, so they weren't called Namco back then. Nakamura Saisakusho. Mm -hmm. that's what it was i believe you beginning as a manufacturer of hand-cranked rocking horses and then an operator of coin-operated amusement rides so like i feel like if you're an old school video game company like Mm. you got your start with like coin amusements you know electro uh, mechanical amusements that was games rocking horses
1: (laughs) (laughs) the things that we still see outside of um grocery stores
0: maybe yeah it's something like that yeah over the next decade, Nakamura Saisakusho became one of Japan's leading amusement companies. It even secured a deal with Walt Disney Productions to produce children's rides in the likeness of its characters, in addition to using popular anime characters. Hmm. So Disney er, so Disney partnered with Namco and Nintendo <laughs> in their past. Okay, Disney. <laughs> Disney was just getting a foothold in Japan. That's what they were doing. I mean, it's a smart business move. That's how we got Disney Sea in Disneyland Tokyo. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: The company entered the electromechanical games industry in 1965 with the submarine warfare shooting gallery game Torpedo Launcher, later retitled Periscope. Okay. So I guess you look through a little Periscope as if you were in a submarine and Uh, maybe you shoot other submarines. I don't know.
1: First shooting game.
0: Probably not. They continued to develop gun, pinball, and arcade games into the 1970s. The name Namco was actually introduced in 1971 as a brand for several of its machines.
1: Oh, okay. So, like, it's just the subset Namco. It's it's
0: the Namco series from Nakamura Saisakusho. Okay. In 1974, American video game company Atari. You know, you heard of Atari? No. (laughs) They approached Nakamura with the prospect of his business becoming the distributor of arcade games across Japan.
1: Ah.
0: Nakamura agreed.
1: (laughs) Nakamura had a lot of bedfellows.
0: This arrangement eventually led to Nakamura Saisakusho acquiring Atari's entire Japan division. Well, because uh, at this point, like despite Atari's uh, success, I think they were in financial—they uh, had financial difficulties in mm-hmm. the early seventies, mid seventies. So they uh, they sold their Japan division to Namco, mm. and that's how Namco really, like you know, it got its powers. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, business is business. Following the runaway success of its import of Atari's breakout, Nakamura Saisakusho decided to begin production on its own video games in-house, as opposed to simply licensing them from other developers and then distributing them in Japan.
1: Again, smart move.
0: They also changed their name to Namco in
1: 1977. Ah, Good job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A small video game development group was created within the company, and one of the first people assigned to the division was recent engineering graduate Toru Iwatani. Pac-Man's father. <laughs> Call it Mr. Pac-Man. Papa Pac. <laughs> Alongside programmer Shigechi Ishimura. Iwatani created 1978's GB. Not to be confused with the Bee Gees. <laughs> Namco's first original arcade game. Oh,
1: good job.
0: It looked like some kind of like pinball like hybrid game. It was definitely inspired by pinball. It was like, you know, virtual, like a video pinball.
1: Oh, okay, okay. I was like, what's the hybrid?
0: <laughs> it's just like pinball on a screen with. Yeah, I don't so know. I looked no at it. I was like, I nev- ele- Elements. I've never seen GB before. Hmm. But uh, that was their first game. All right. GB was a moderate success, and Iwatani designed two sequels, Bomb B and Cutie Q, in 1979. I
1: hate both of those names. <laughs> Cutie-cute. Bambi. Don't like. It's weird.
0: By the end of the 70s, Iwatani grew disillusioned by popular arcade games of the time, feeling that the market only appealed to men through its usage of crude graphics, violence, and war themes, and that arcades were in general viewed as seedy places. Huh. Run by the Yakuza. <laughs> mm. Well. So for his next project, Iwatani chose to create a non-violent, cheerful video game with cute, colorful character designs and easy-to-understand gameplay that appealed mostly to women. Hey. As he believed that attracting women and couples into the arcades would potentially make them appear to be much more family-friendly in tone. Hmm. Which is like, you know, that's a noble goal. Yeah. And to be like, think about it. 1980. There were no character-based arcade games yet. Hmm. Like, all arcade games, like... Had you know, it was like either a space shooter game mm-hmm. or a sports type game. Like even pong is kind of like a ping pong, right? You know? So it's like they didn't have like, oh, your play is this character. He has a name. Mm-hmm. Here's his, you know, that this is what he does. It's like Pac Man kind of was the original video game character.
1: Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: and then like Donkey Kong would come out the next year, and that mm-hmm. really set the tone. It's like okay, you're you're Mario, you're Jumpman.
1: Mm.
0: You know, so like. Video games were starting to find their their you know,
2: niche
0: I don't know. they were developing they were they were mm-hmm. video games were starting to find new ways to tell stories or to you know present their scenarios. Mm-hmm. They were creating mascots in real time. <laughs> Iwatani reportedly began thinking of things that women like to do in their free time. You know, you think waka it t- waka? <laughs> how does you're a woman? how does this wow. what do you think he's thinking of?
1: I mean, honestly, with you quoting, like, I want something that's easy to understand and pretty because women like that. I was like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like, okay, you know what Pac-Man looks like? You know what Pac-Man's all about? He's like, what could he possibly be thinking of that women like to do that would inspire eat Pac-Man? And run. Eating. He decided to center his game around eating, basing this on the belief that women like to eat desserts and other sweets. <laughs>
1: I mean, fair, but that's not a solely woman thing, sir.
0: Pac-Man, you know, Pac-Man eats some cookies from time to time time again. There's some cookies in, like, Mrs. Mm Pac-Man.
1: Yum, I guess.
0: Pretzels, a lot of fruit.
1: They eat healthy. Fruit is sweet.
0: Iwatani partly conceived the visual design of the new game's main character after seeing the shape of a pizza with a missing slice while he was at lunch. (laughs) That's like the, the the legend, you know? I guess mm-hmm. it's only like half true. Yeah. Because the other half is the character was also based on him rounding out and simplifying the Japanese character Gucci, meaning mouth. Yeah. Gucci man. Gucci man.
1: Gucci man. <laughs> Get that
0: Gucci, man. Pa- Pac-Man should meet Gucci man.
1: <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> Gucci man, can you like remake Pac-Man fever?
1: What? Okay, I thought you were just meant remake all of Pac Man. I was like, mm, I feel like you'll get in trouble. I feel like there's a pretty strong. <laughs> it was like the only <laughs> trademark, the only, on like that. the only
0: modern rapper willing to infringe on copyright is, uh, is Soldier Boy. Tell him. <laughs> well, <laughs> he just made a he just took a Nintendo and called it a different machine, <laughs> yeah. and he had to be. They sent him a cease and desist.
1: I mean, good call, yeah. bad call, good call on Nintendo.
0: And then Soldier Boy, he wrote a song. It's called Zelda, and his, the the chorus was "Green diamonds like Zelda."
1: <laughs> Excuse me. They're, sir, called, they're rupees. called rupees. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Green diamonds. Look that up.
1: <laughs> That's the song we'll be playing out of no, this. No, no, it's not. Um, no, it's, so it's not. Uh, no, I, I got. Look uh, there's to only to it, only one
0: song we can close out with. No, no, no. <laughs> Four ghost characters similar to the ones used in Iwatani's previous game Cutie Q were chosen as the game's antagonists. The ghosts were made with bright pastel colors and were given expressive blue eyes in order to appear cute, colorful, and appealing.
1: Did that make the women who were playing going, oh, I want
0: to touch the ghost, and then die? Maybe. Wow, they uh, were... <laughs> bad planning, dude. The ghosts were also inspired by Casper the Friendly Ghost and the manga Okabe no Taro. Okay, why are you making them all inspired by friendly things if they literally kill you? You know, it's not to make you think, make them scary, you know? It's, like, approachable. The game's approachable. It's like, oh, these aren't, like, evil, horrifying monsters. Like, oh, they're, like, cute little ghosts. But still run. The game began development in early 1979. Iwatani enlisted the help of nine other Namco employees to assist in production, including composer Toshio Kai, programmer Shigeo Funaki, and hardware engineer Shigeichi Ishimura. Sweet development lasted a year and 5 months, the longest ever for a video game up to that point. Oh wow. <laughs> video games were made like quick. I feel like some f- companies are trying to do that still.
1: Well, yeah. It's not the way to do it, guys. No.
0: Like video game development it takes years and years now. Whereas back then it was like literally an arcade cabinet like the the motherboard of arcade looks like is about this big. I'm like, you mm-hmm. know, can you what is that? Like like a foot foot by, you know, It's like a foot by a foot, square. Square foot. It's a square foot.
1: A rectangular foot.
0: (laughs) It's a square foot of like you know circuits and things, Mm. and like the 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 memory on that could only you know handle like one one maze environment repeated over and over again two hundred fifty six times, and even then after that can't can't make anymore. Um. Limited memory on a on a Pac-Man. Is that board. how
1: many screens there are on Pac-Man? It's
0: like 250. Yeah. That's I, I have wild. I have the notes. I'll, I'll I'll tell you a little bit later.
1: That's why there is an
0: end to Pac-Man.
1: Mm-mm. The end is on screen one for me. Thank you.
0: So sound effects created by Toshiokai were among the last things added to the game. In a design session, Iwatani noisily ate fruit and made gurgling noises to describe to Kai how he wanted the eating sound effect to work. <laughs> Waka 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 waka.
1: <laughs> That's how it came out. I'm only gonna waka for the rest of the day when I eat. I'm going out with friends. I'm gonna make them call you when they're like, "Why is she like this?" Waka 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 waka. <laughs>
0: uh, so I have I have some some uh, information about the title Pac Man, mm-hmm. but I figured it's more. Pro- I figured it's more appropriate to just let uh. Uh is, is Scott Pilgrim explained it.
1: Oh, yeah. Did you know that the original name for Pac-Man was Puck-Man? Do you think it was because he looks like a hockey puck, but it actually comes from the Japanese phrase Paku-Paku, which means to flap one's mouth open and closed. <laughs> they changed it because they thought that Puck-Man would be too easy to vandalize, you know, like people could just scratch off the P and turn it into an F or whatever. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> like, wow. Combo.
0: <laughs> wow. Combo. Yep. That's... <laughs> That that's ha- that's mostly true, <laughs> mostly true. That, that's a good pickup line for any of you you single men out there.
1: It's not. <laughs> hey kids, nope.
0: <laughs> he uses that later on when he's hitting on a girl at a party. He's like, "Did you know that a uh, Pac-Man?" Uh... And she's like, "She wants none of it. None, just for the best." So yeah, the game's working title was Paku Man, Pacu Man, based on the Japanese onomatopoeia "Paku Paku Taburu." referencing the mouth movement of opening and closing in succession. Mm. Upon completion, the game's title was changed to Puck Man, Puck Man, based on the working title and the title character's distinct hockey puck-like shape. Mm. And as... <laughs> Scott said. As Scott said, uh, when... and So when Namco wanted to bring Puck Man worldwide... Uh, they had to make some adjustments mm-hmm. because they wanted to they wanted a worldwide release like, you know, in Japan and the U.S. same time, mm-hmm. which is, you know, pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, they had to make alterations, including the name as executives were worried that vandals would change the P to an F.
1: Um, is this the first form of uh, regionalization
0: in video games? Yeah, maybe.
1: I mean, because that's an interesting thought. Yeah, it could, right? it could like, be. Yeah. That's how it's called, regional, regionalization? Yeah, or lo- localization. Local, localization.
0: It, it could be, yeah. Yeah. And like, he, he became Pac-Man everywhere. Ah. Uh, and to be close, like, I guess it, it worked out because it was closer to Pacu-Man anyway. Mm. And
1: then, yeah, that makes sense. Also, yep. say, say, say it again. What is the term?
0: pacu pa- pa- paku <laughs> Taburu. Taburu. Taburu.
1: Pacu-pacu-taburu.
0: Wow. That intonation was
1: bad. Continue.
0: Namco initially approached Atari to distribute Pac Man, but Atari refused the offer. <gasps> bad move, Atari. Bad
1: move, You, needed, you, you
0: needed some money, my friends. Mmm, sirs. Midway Manufacturing, who had licensed Taito's Space Invaders, subsequently agreed to distribute Pac Man in North America, announcing their acquisition of the manufacturing rights on November 22nd, 1980, releasing it in December. Okay. Yep. So that good is good move. <laughs> that's the, and Pac-Man blew up. <gasps> Most popular game in the U.S. Walk, 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 for years, years and years and years. Uh, so let's, we're going to talk about our time with Pac-Man. I have a little uh, like news clip to get okay. us, to, you know, get us in the mood. This is, you know, this I think is like 1981 or two. Like mm-hmm. after Pac-Man has like peak, like it, it is peaking, mm-hmm. and will continue to peak. Anyone who's ever put a quarter into a video game certainly knows this sound. It belongs to a game called Pac-Man. But Pac-Man is more than just another video game. It's rapidly becoming an international craze, known appropriately as Pac-mania. This little yellow guy has a big appetite. He eats dots and blue monsters. He also gobbles up quarters as much as $12 million worth of quarters each week. He's Pac-Man. The biggest video game in the short but rich history of the multi-billion dollar video games business. And all over the country, in bars, bowling alleys, arcades, even yogurt stores, millions of people are falling in love with him.
1: A couple of notes before you say something. Yep. One, that announcer sounded like, a little bit worn, watered down, Hugh Neutron, and I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, that,
0: that's totally what the Hugh Neutron voice was going for. Yeah, like old timey, like <laughs> yeah,
1: they're, they're blue
0: monsters.
1: I frowned so much the whole time he was talking. I was like, mm, concentrate on what he's saying, <laughs> even though the voice is like Ugh. two. It's nice to hear the news talking about video games not being the problem in society
0: because Pac Man's cute and lovely. He's not a, he's not you know he's not tearing a like the the spine out of a you know bad guy or something three 12 million a week yes we are in the
1: wrong industry my guy
0: (laughs) um i the the last bit where he's like you can play pac-man a bowling you know bowling alleys and arcades even yogurt shops i asked my (laughs) mom like where did you first play pac-man she said like a 7-eleven like they just had pac-man everywhere everywhere what's a yogurt shop frozen yogurt did we have frozen yogurt back then
1: i guess so to like contradict not contradict to like we we're like you don't want to go to the hop come and get
0: go to yogurt land maybe this is reagan's america anything's possible
1: i got a google yogurt shop 1980
0: also that that was not the I, I found a few like news you know regional news clips about pac-man specifically mm-hmm. And th- that was not the only one to call the ghost blue monsters. <laughs> blue meanies, I heard even. But, meanies? Yeah, blue meanies is a it's a gumby reference.
1: Hmm. You know, gumby. Yes, I do know gumby. <laughs> I I I I am far older than you, sir. Were they blue? I thought their eyes were just blue.
0: Well, you, you turn them blue when you eat a power power puff uh, Ah, when you eat a power puff girl. Anyway, so that's Pac-Man. We played Pac-Man. A want, ha, ha, describe our, uh, you know, our, your experience with Pac-Man. It's very loud in casinos, guys. Wait,
1: it's very loud in arcades, guys. Um, describe
0: my way of playing. Yeah, you know, just describe what Pac-Man is and how you experience Pac-Man. I did that earlier, sir. Um, Pac-Man
1: is pretty like i think he uh he, he uh sir sir namco did what he said he was gonna do it was, it was very talking? simplistic Simplastic. simplastico is very simplistic to play just uh uh actually no it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> i was having trouble with the like because you have to, like, turn beforehand. Yeah, but also you, have if you're lead, not-
0: you have to lead Pac-Man. So if you know a turn's coming up, you have to, like, press... Like, if you're going to go up, right? And Pac-Man hasn't reached the turn yet. You have to tilt the joystick up way ahead of time in order for Pac-Man to, like... No to go up.
1: Yeah, I'm not good at that. Um, and then you uh run around uh eating little beads, but you have to be strategic about it because you don't want to eat all the big power puffs uh at first because then you're gonna get got by some blue little monsters. Uh some some blue gummies. They won't be blue, they'll be multicolored.
0: Um, Do you know the, the, the ghost names? They have Pinky,
1: bl- Winky, Dinky and Chalk.
0: <laughs> it's blinky, which is the red one. Pinky which is the pink one. Inky, which is the cyan one. And Clyde is the orange one.
1: Makes sense. I feel like they always do that.
0: Apparently Namco President Masawa Nakamura had requested that all the ghosts be red and thus indistinguishable from one another. Mm-hmm. But Iwatani believed that the ghosts should be different colors and all his colleagues agreed. <laughs> and it kind of helps because you he give them all personalities. Yeah. And i guess you asked an interesting question about the ghosts as we were playing because did i i don't know you were playing it and like you felt like you were just like constantly getting chased all the time it seemed like you were you were constantly going "Ah!" that is it that is in fact how i play video games i
1: i looked over and i was annoying the father with his his son right next to us i was like i'm sorry this is a fear response i'm scared because they just kept coming
0: and they don't stop well, you, there were some close calls though. Like you you got like, you know, you were about to be eaten. You took a turn and you you survived for, you know, a second. Yeah. A, a corner? But you asked an interesting question cuz what we did when we came home, I like put on classic Pac-Man on YouTube just to show you like someone playing it like old school style. Mhm. And this guy was doing a really good job. And you asked, do you remember what you asked me? Is on an
1: algorithm?
0: are are the ghosts on an algorithm? Yes, they all the ghosts were programmed to have their own distinct personalities so the game wouldn't become too boring or mm. too impossible to play. Mm. So their, their names kind of correspond to their behavior. Their patterns? Yes. Uh. Blinky, who's called Shadow in Japan, always chases Pac-Man. So the red uh. one's always chasing you. If the, if the red one sees you, it's coming. Yikes. Pinky, or Speedy in Japan, tries to get ahead of you so if Pac-Man, he's the one who's going to come around, come around and cut come, you off,
1: come around outside.
0: So if you see red and pink chasing you, you're done. For. They're going to try to surround you. Yeah, Inky or Bashful in Japan uses a more complicated strategy to zero in on him. So I guess it kind of like oh, like
1: circles, circles, from, yeah, from edge to yeah, mid and then out again.
0: And then Clyde called Pokey in Japan alternates between chasing pac-man and running away <laughs> so the orange one like sometimes the orange one will give you just an out he'll just be like chasing you and then really? he's like no i'm out of here
1: yeah same Where are like i'm gonna get you i'm gonna oh, okay never mind run <laughs> run 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 literally how i play
0: video games um i guess yeah so um yeah okay so it's it, it i was like that is way more cl- like complicated way more uh, sophisticated than i give pac-man credit for yeah knowing that it's like yeah they they, you know you really you can you could strategize strategize in pac-man you could you can't you had this
1: information we won't playbook
0: we will not
1: i'm never playing pac-man again
0: (laughs) we uh yeah you never got past the first screen no no i did get some you got plenty of fruit though he,
1: yes you got you
0: got a few fruits i don't showed. think i did though you, i thought you because they
1: moved around and i was not worried
0: about it seemed them. like you were just con- you were getting a lot more fruit than i did mm. you weren't care you didn't care about the fruit i didn't care about
1: what was in front of me as long as it wasn't a ghost
0: i was trying to finish the board and i, yeah. I think i got to the second board
1: yeah i think you almost got to the third
0: almost yeah, yeah. but but like even by the second one those ghosts were so dang fast
1: yeah do the ghost speed up in pac-man does it
0: yes i think so Eek. Yep. It's really good so to it's know really their really hard. algorithm. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned uh, there's a way to fight back against the ghosts. Eat a power puff girl. Power pellets or energizers. Uh, some people call them energizers. Ah. They're like four bigger dots and they in the each of the four corners of the board. Mm-hmm. Uh they were based on uh Popeye.
1: Oh, so, so it's like Popeye spinach. eating
0: spinach and getting strong. Ah. is just like uh, you know, Pac-Man eating a power pellet and getting strong. Cool. What happens when Pac-Man eats a power pellet? The blue monsters arise and they run away, right? The ghosts turn blue. The ghosts turn blue and you can eat them. Yes. And the ghosts, like, once you eat them, they just become like eyeballs. Eyeballs that so they float back to their home base and become ghosts again. Yeah. Like, because when the game starts, Pac Man, you know, is out in the maze and he can collect the dots, and the ghosts are kind of in a cage in the middle yeah. and they release one at a time.
1: Yeah. It's almost like you came into their house to eat all their food, Goldilocks.
0: <laughs> this is their bedroom. It's like <laughs> it, it is like Goldilocks. Yeah, Goldie Waka So you did. You died pretty quick. Yes. Like like pretty dang quick. Yes. I got to the second board, um, and I, you know I, I think you collected more fruit than I did overall, mm-hmm. but I was able to actually like finish. The second board, and then I died. Like, is it? That game's hard. Pac Man's really hard. It is not for the faint of fingers. Yeah, I, so I think I'm looking at the, the score here. I think I might have gotten 7,000 points. <laughs> you did not. Uh, compared to the high score of 112,000 points. Yeah. You got more than 7,000, though, because this is the beginning of uh, board two. Oh, okay. So I got maybe maybe like 10,000 I got. Yeah. Which is like a tenth of the high score. <laughs> You did good, bro. Yeah, so Pac-Man's hard, like, you know. Um people had they had to release like books like how to master Pac-Man. Who were the books for? Those with Pac-Man fever.
1: <laughs> was this the first time like a a book was released for a
0: game too, right? Like a a, a cheats book? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that there's there's definitely a market for it. Like I'm like they might have, like Space Invaders and Asteroids were also really big, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you need a book to explain Pong. Like Pong's not too hard to yeah. understand. Like Space Invaders was different. We played a game of Space Invaders while we were there as well. Yes. And uh, that was also kind of difficult. We could not see the bottom of the screen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so we, we died pretty quick. Yes. So, you very, know, maybe, maybe a book about how to master Space Invaders would have been nice. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's I one mean, of the first yeah, I mean, cheap I- books.
1: I, I was just wondering because it was like, okay, if this is the cheap book that came first, but this game was intended for women, were they getting
0: complaints that it was too hard? Well, it was like an American book. Some guy just decided, oh. I'm going to write a book called How to Master Pac-Man.
1: You know, that does feel very American, honestly. <laughs>
0: just release it to, you know, bookstores.
1: Like, hey, guys, I finished this thing and you want to finish it too? Pay me 45 cents and I'll give you this book. Oh, wait, it was the 80s.
0: Was it was in the 30s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Send me a self-addressed stamp envelope.
1: I'll send it away.
0: So I have some like end game facts about pa- uh, Pac-Man. Like what 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 Pac-Man becomes the later in the game you get because it's it's basically the same board over and over and over again. Right. But you know the ghosts get a little faster mm-hmm. each time. It gets a little harder, and you know they they cycle through the fruit. Like I feel like the fruit is like the real progression of the game. Mm-hmm. So. In Pac-Man, fruits appear twice in every screen, so two fruit will appear. Okay, stationary at the center of the screen. In the original Pac-Man, they just they just appear, right?
1: Oh, right, and it's in the the home of the ghosts. Yeah, you
0: have to go in there to grab it. Uh, first thing, why fruits? And apparently, Iwatani was inspired by uh, slot machines. Ah. You know, you have like you have like
1: cherries them.
0: and things on uh, like a slot machine mm-hmm. in or at a at a casino. He was like, oh, that's, you know, let's do that. Like kind of maybe, maybe like inspire that feedback loop of like, or that, you know, that, that (laughs) That
1: gratification
0: of, yeah, the gratification of when you see cherries, in a slot machine. Mm -hmm. So how, how it works is here. Can you, do you know what fruits appear in Pac-Man? Can you guess on like what, what fruits you remember appearing in Pac-Man?
1: Cherry, apple, watermelon, pineapple, pie, (laughs) apple, grape,
0: tomato. So how it goes is cherry strawberry orange i feel like at that i i may have seen oranges in Mm pac-man like in my experience playing pac-man i've never seen an apple in (laughs) pac-man but they're there melon hey japanese melon from that point forward it's not fruit anymore and i was like i've never seen these i've never gotten that far i've never seen these uh, in fact i've never seen these in the wild and i didn't see these ever until we watched like that you know pro play pac-man on Mm -hmm. youtube Galaxians are the next thing. What's
1: a Galaxian? A
0: Galaxian is the spaceship in there in Namco's other video game, uh, Galaxian.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: yeah, Galaxian. Basically, it's a spaceship. It's, it was an Easter egg or like a, a reference to another game. They mm-hmm. did. So, after you start collecting fruits, then you just start collecting spaceships. After that, they're bells. Okay. So you know, back to the slot machine, and then it's keys. Oh. And then after the keys, it's just keys from that point forward. Yeah, I so feel like, like I, I if can't. You, remember. If you get like a hundred screens in, you're just collecting keys. Uh,
1: they're like, we we're we're not gonna be more imaginative. Yeah. Who's even getting this far? Plenty of like, people, Namco.
0: You know, and they've they've released many different versions of Pac-Man, but mm-hmm. in uh in Miss Pac-Man it's like cookies and pretzels and things. Mm-hmm. And then in I think it's Pac-Man Jr. Because that was another one. It starts out with, like, you know, baby stuff, you know, like rattles and oh. uh, bonnets. I don't know.
1: Bottles of milk. <laughs>
0: but the last one is a beer. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Huh? Ba- Pac-Man Jr. Is, uh. he's become a man. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. here's an- another interesting thing about Pac-Man is not, uh, it was not present in the largest Pac-Man that we played. Mm-hmm. It should have been. But in between each screen... There's a short cutscene featuring Pac-Man and Blinky, like, having, like, a comical chase. Oh. This is often cited as the first cutscene in video game history. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, I was like, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. I was like, I've liked doing this because I'm learning, like, oh, wow, yeah, you know, like, all these things you take for granted in video games, like. They have an origin. (laughs) Yeah, they do. Hmm? And And the power pellets. Yeah are seen as the first power-ups in video game history.
1: Oh, I mean, that makes sense.
0: It was like a power-ups are like, you know, and video games are synonymous. Yeah. Power-up. <laughs> so, yeah, power, Pac-Man, first cutscene, first power-up. <laughs> Sorry, I got, I got information about the the how difficult Pac-Man becomes. Mm-hmm. So, the game increases in difficulty as you progress, the ghosts become faster, and the energizer's effect decreases in duration oof eventually disappearing entirely Ah. so it's like you get a power pellet and they're blue for like a second yikes yikes and uh there is an end to pac-man as i mentioned it due to the due to an integer overflow the 256th level loads improperly rendering it impossible to complete (sighs) this is what in the biz it's called a kill screen Uh, So every arcade game, because there's just not enough RAM mm -hmm. to continue to operate, pretty much every classic arcade game has a kill screen, Mm -hmm. and they all appear differently. Sometimes a kill screen, like in Donkey Kong, the kill screen looks like a normal Donkey Kong screen, Mm -hmm. but after like five seconds, Mario dies. (gasps) Just immediately. Yeah. Uh, And uh, I have a picture of the Pac-Man kill screen for you, and I want you to describe it to the kids.
1: Yikes. Yikes. Um, half the screen is gone and it's just coding with letters and numbers. Okay. And punctuation. And there's fruit on the bottom and Pac-Mans and a space invader. And all the ghosts are looking the same way. And there's so much. There's so
0: much. And the high score is not there. So the funny thing about the Pac-Man kill screen is there are dots on that side that You you just can't see them. You just can't see them. And the ghosts do run around in there, but like not normally. They ah. kind of just get stuck. Huh. But there is, because there's an end to Pac-Man, mm-hmm. and there's a set number of points that you can, like a max mm-hmm. number of points you can receive on each screen in Pac-Man. There is such a thing as a perfect game of Pac-Man. Oh. Where you, you 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 obtain every dot. Energizer mm-hmm. fruit and Blue Ghost without losing a single per- uh, Pac-Man huh. without dying once, and then you use all six of your remaining lives to obtain the maximum possible points on the last level.
2: Hmm. Huh. Uh,
0: the 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 the, ma- <laughs> the perfect game of Pac-Man has a high score of three million three hundred thirty-three thousand three hundred sixty points. Wow, that's a lot of threes. Yep,
1: that's a lot of points. <laughs>
0: The first person to achieve a publicly witnessed and verified perfect score in Pac-Man without manipulating the game's hardware was Billy Mitchell. Billy. Who performed the, <laughs> who performed the feat July 3rd, 1999. Billy Mitchell is kind of like a well he he used to be kind of a rock star of mm-hmm. classic arcade games. He had like the high score in Donkey Kong, hmm. Centipede, like he had a high score in everything. Yeah. Uh and he was the first person to So he's like he is a good Arcade player, mm-hmm. uh, he you know he he was he did publicly get the first perfect Pac-Man. Hey. He just walked into an arcade and sat there for three hours. And now, I was
1: gonna say how long did it take? Three well, hours is not bad.
0: Yeah, but Speed still. Run? Either and <laughs> the thing is, Billy Mitchell, uh, he there's some controversy where people found evidence that he may have been uh, using an emulator to achieve high scores in some of his games, mm. and uh, he was stripped of a lot of his records. Oh no. Yeah, so and he's really a cocky guy. Uh, like uh, he's the he's the the villain oh no. in the Donkey Kong High Score documentary, The King of Kong, which is a fantastic documentary. <laughs> and he's the bad guy. He's he's like the institution uh, of of classic arcade games, the gatekeeper. Oh wow! And everyone politically like supports him in the industry, and like this you know scrappy young guy outsider who claimed to got the high score in Pac Man. His score was delegitimized because. Billy Mitchell threw his weight around.
1: Oh, uh, in real life? Yes. This uh. all happened.
0: It's like this poor... Steve Weeby, who I've met. I met him at a con once. He was a very, very nice man. Uh, like, he's just a nice, mild-mannered dude. Washington dude. Seattle <laughs> dude. Uh, he got the high score in Donkey Kong, sent the tape in, but the people who verify the score, because he beats Billy Mitchell's score... Mm-hmm started coming up with excuses why they couldn't accept the high score. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it was like a legitimate high score and they said, well, it'd be better if you came in in person and beat the high score. Mm-hmm. So Steve Wiebe flew to fun spot, which is that arcade museum
2: mm-hmm.
0: got the high score in donkey Kong in person in front of a crowd.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And seconds later, Billy Mitchell had one of his cronies walk into the arcade, set up a v- like a VCR mm-hmm. and play a recorded version of him getting even a higher score in <clears throat> Donkey Kong. Oh my god! We so just stole this guy's thunder. Wow! Immediately. Yeah, well,
1: yeah. his was recorded, so you have to come in and do it, so we can legitimize it.
0: Nope, he's Billy Mitchell. That's he's so proven his worth. Stupid. That was the whole crux of the, the anyway. Billy Mitchell. He's a, probably a bad person, but he's really good. At I Pac-Man. take back
1: my Billy. <laughs> well,
0: that's Pac Man. Oh. As far as like, I'm mean, like, do you have any other th- th- thoughts on Pac Man? Like our our nope. experiences are. do i have any more experiences from the two times i've played pac-man no (laughs) would you recommend pac-man to to anybody sure if you like classic arcade games it's it it might be the best classic arcade game though like compared to like we we played galaga as well it's like Mm -hmm. i i I had way more fun playing pac-man than galaga they were both stressful In space invaders they were all stressful there's so much stress. <laughs> like I think Pac-Man is like approachable for anybody, even as a little kid. Like I remember seeing Pac-Man, and like it's immediately understandable, mm-hmm. even though it's difficult. Right. Like, I'm I'm like yeah, you know, play. If you haven't played Pac-Man, it exists on pretty much every video game medium known to man. Yeah. Just play Pac-Man.
1: Just play Pac-Man. If you
0: haven't played, it, just play Pac-Man one time. Just you don't have you to.
1: You don't have to feel peer pressured by us kids.
0: <laughs> and I play Miss Pac-Man because Miss Pac-Man is better. It's a better game. <laughs>
1: You should play uh, Pac-Man Jr. and
0: drink a beer. <laughs> I don't If you can find it. If you can find a beer. <laughs> find a Pac-Man Jr. <laughs> we played Baby Pac-Man at an arcade in Portland. Remember that? No. That was a hybrid. Uh, it, was, it was an arcade up top and a pinball down below. It was called Baby Pac-Man. We played that and it was hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're like, okay, I'm dead. So yeah, there's there's a lot of Pac-Man out there. I recommend it. Jess flaccidly recommends it acid <laughs> What did the world think? They were on fever. Pac-mania. You give me fever. Pac-man. You, you give me
1: fever when you walk, walk, walk whack. whack, whack,
0: whack. <laughs> Pac-man went on to become Japan's highest grossing video game of 1980, dethroning Space Invaders, which had <gasps> topped the charts for two years in a row. So you're saying that Pac-man conquered space for us? It was also Japan's fourth highest-grossing arcade game of 1981. Sweet. Upon Sweet. its North American release in 1980, Pac-Man was earning about 8.1 million per week in the United States. I'd
1: retire immediately.
0: Like, what do you even do? Within one year, more than 100,000 Pac-Man arcade units had been sold, which collectively grossed more than one billion dollars in quarters. It's wild. It was the best-selling arcade game in the country in both 1980 and 1981 and the second best in 1982. And it even <laughs> surpassed the box office returns of Star Wars. Oh, wow. With more than $1 billion in revenue.
1: That's wild.
0: So I, I would say at that point in time, Pac-Man was the highest grossing media property in history. Uh, so Pac-Man really did conquer ska- space, Space Invaders and Star Wars. <laughs> that's insane. That is,
1: that's that's wild.:
0: Pac-Man is the best-selling arcade game of all time. Uh, that's understandable.: With total estimated earnings ranging from 3.5 billion or 7.7 7 billion adjusted for inflation to 6 billion or 17 billion adjusted for inflation. Ugh. In arcades alone, that's That's not mentioning every port of Pac-Man, of which there are many. <sighs> We're in the wrong business. 17 billion dollars. For that Waka Waka game. (laughs) Pac-Man remains one of the highest grossing and best-selling video games ever, generating more than $14 billion in revenue as of 2016 and 43 million units in sales combined. Hmm. That's of all Pac-Mans. Okay. Boasting wide critical acclaim, Pac-Man is commonly listed as one of the greatest video games of all time. Makes sense. Like, I'm like compared to modern video games that are also listed among those, you know, that list. Like it's very simple, but like for the time, you have to take mm. that into account. It's like yeah. yeah, it's it's the best arcade game ever made. You know? Yeah, maybe Donkey Kong's, depending on who you ask, might be better. You know, but I I, I think Pac-Man is like the best classic arcade game out there.
1: Mm. I mean, sure. I yeah yeah.
0: Um, I'm I, just like with with game of watch ball. I couldn't find a lot of like classic. Reviews of Pac-Man, other than, like, news reports of people, like, you know, randos being interviewed at the arcade. One of them was, like, mesmerizing. You know, (laughs) transcendent. (laughs) These nerds in the 1980s talk about Pac-Man. But I got some modern reviews of Pac-Man. Reviewing the game's Wii Virtual Console port, GameSpot said, quote, Pac-Man isn't a complex game and its graphics and audio are ancient by today's standards. Nevertheless, it continues to captivate new generations of players with its simple design and ever-increasing difficulty. Mm. And reviewing the same version, IGN said, quote, simplicity and addiction at its core, Pac-Man, while inherently repetitive, always delivers as a fun and rewarding gaming experience. Mm. And to sum things up, Gaming Bible said, quote, Pac-Man is the most brilliant breed of video gaming 101, Effortlessly simple and sublimely Moorish, more so than Mario than Sonic than Laura than anyone else. Pac-Man might not be as beloved as those icons, but his debut game sure does hold up better <laughs> that, was, that was that was a good that was a good uh buff. Pac-Man was awarded the best commercial arcade game at the 1982 arcade awards, which mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that existed. <laughs> And won the Video Software Dealers Association's VSDA Award for Best Video Game. In 2001, Pac-Man was voted the greatest video game of all time by a Dixons poll in the, in the UK.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And was listed as the most popular video games of all time on killer list of video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: All that's well-deserved.
0: <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> is
1: it? I don't know. I didn't get past the first scene. But I, ass- I assume all of that is
0: well-deserved. <laughs> and where did Pac-Man go from here? Everywhere.
1: Everywhere. All at once.
0: Like COVID. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Pac Man's got more spread than COVID. <laughs> Pac Man has been ported to nearly every video game console known to man, including the Atari 2600, Atari 5200, yeah. Apple II, Apple 8 bit, MSX, Nintendo Entertainment System, Commodore 64, and television, the ZX Spectrum, the TI 89 calculator. Mm hmm. IBM PC, Game Boy, Game Gear, Game Boy Color, Neo Geo Pocket Color, mobile phones, Game Boy Advance, iPod Touch, Xbox 360, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, iOS, Android, Google Maps, and Google's home screen. Oh, wow. If you Google Pac-Man, you can play Pac-Man on Google's home screen right now.
1: (laughs) I I love the first thing you said was Atari. They tried to fix their mistake. It was too
0: late. hold on, hold on. Uh... Oh yeah, Pac-Man's also appeared in many, many Namco game compilations. I bet, Pac- like there, like that's like Namco Gaming Museum, like Pac-Man's on the cover. Uh. but uh, I, I've got, <laughs> I have I wanted to like just highlight the the worst and the best port of Pac-Man. Okay, uh. the Atari, you said it, the Atari twenty six hundred port of Pac-Man. Stands as the best-selling Atari 2600 game of all time, (laughs) selling over 8 million copies, and was the all-time best-selling video game up until that point. Wow. But, despite its commercial success, Pac-Man on Atari 2600 was lambasted by critics for poor visuals and sound, and for bearing little resemblance to the original game. It is often considered one of the worst video games ever made, (laughs) and one of the worst arcade ports ever released. Critics also cite Atari's Pac-Man as a major factor in the drop of consumer confidence in the company, which contributed to the video game crash of
1: 1983. Wow. Are you
0: familiar with the video game crash of 1983?
1: I am. But also, Atari, you did so bad. You made the worst decision possible.
0: I don't know. This could have been you, Atari. 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 You said you got a cheap imitation.
1: I've got to. If Atari was a person... We'll be drinking <laughs> alone are, at a bar. What have I done?
0: <laughs> are you familiar? So the video game crashed from 1983. Mm. Uh at this at, at the early 80s, right? It's like, yeah, Pac-Man was crazy, but like Atari, Coleco, and Television, they were just cranking out garbage video games. They yeah. call them shovelware now. Mm-hmm. It's like what happened with the Wii. It was just like they're just releasing crap. Yeah. Like, just garbage. There's too many video games and no one wants to buy them. Yeah. So they end up like just, you know. Warehouses warehouses full of unsold video game cartridges. Yeah, and the two monoliths, the two like video games that are cited as this is the reason the the game market crashed: Pac-Man, Atari 2600, and E.T. Extraterrestrial. They just they made way too many versions of those games. They mm. did not sell. They were commercial flops, <laughs> and <laughs> the game industry essentially crashed in the U.S. Yeah, uh, cartridges. Uh, E.T. cartridges and Pac-Man cartridges uh, were buried in a landfill in the New Mexico desert. (laughs) They've been dug up (laughs) recently. Yeah, so there's just like, you know, they didn't have anywhere to do with these dumb games. So they just buried them.
1: Matter cannot be created or destroyed.
0: And Nintendo had to save our video game market Uh, by releasing Super Mario Brothers.
1: Thanks, Nintendo. So
0: yeah, Nintendo pulled us out of a crash. Honestly, probably saved video games as a whole because... After the crash in the US, video games were considered like yeah, that was that fad like, you know, from like a decade ago. We're we're done now. Video games was a fun fad. It's going to go the way the pogo stick and oh. moon shoes.
1: What's a moon shoe?
0: They're like shoes with springs in them.
1: Oh. Okay. <laughs> I want a moon shoe.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were just a fad. They they thought they, were, you know, wasn't going to last, but Nintendo saved the, the the medium.
1: Good job, Nintendo.
0: Pac-Man almost like it it's It saved the medium, and then it almost killed it. (laughs) (laughs) But that wasn't Pac-Man's fault. But the best Pac-Man. 2010's Pac-Man Championship Edition DX was met with critical acclaim, many calling it one of the best Pac-Man games ever made, and one of the greatest video game remakes of all time. Hmm. Critics applauded the game's addictive nature, replay value, intense gameplay, and electronic soundtrack, and for being a vast improvement over the original. Sounds like I had a cool techno soundtrack so i want to play pac-man to some techno <laughs> pac-man championship edition dx it was on the xbox 360 arcade huh? pac-man also kicked off a long-running video game franchise comprised of various sequels and spin-offs. some of these sequels even expanded the pac-man family as i mentioned <laughs> such as miss pac-man baby pac-man and junior pac-man Pac Man has expanded into platformers, quiz games, puzzle games, party games, racing games, and point and click adventures. Okay. Yep. I've played some of those. I played, like, when I had a GameCube, I played, like, the the Pac Man 3D platformers. It was, like, Super Mario 64 or something. Mm -hmm. You know, you just, like, jump around. It's, like, maybe, like, Sonic the Hedgehog, almost, you know? Like, Mm. Pac Man jumping over platforms and, you know, jumping over ghosts and things. (laughs) It was, like, a pretty whatever game. Okay. Pac Man has also made guest appearances in. Street Fighter Cross Tekken, Everybody's Golf 6, Mario Kart Arcade GP, Super Smash Brothers, and Minecraft. Minecraft? Yep, you can get a Minecraft Pac-Man skin. Okay. <laughs> Outside of games, Pac-Man has become a bona fide media icon. Pac-Man starred in his own animated television series produced by Hanna-Barbera. Oh. Which aired on ABC from 1982 to
1: 1983. Okay.
0: It was the highest-rated Saturday morning cartoon in wow. the US in late 1982. Wow. Have you seen any of that? No. It's horrible. I believe you. If you had to take a guess, like what would Pac-Man sound like? If, like is Pac-Man, he it was basically like Pac-Man, you know, he's a suburban dad. He's married to Miss Pac-Man. Uh, I don't and he has see a baby, this. Pac-Man. What 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 would his voice sound like? I don't
1: know, Peter Griffin?
0: Hey there. I'm uh, I'm pac man <laughs> No. He sounded like he smoked like six. Packs of cigarettes a day. Like, hey, I'm Pac-Man. Wow. Give me a power pellet, pow, 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 pack. Oh, wow. Everything was pack. <laughs> That's pack absurd. Wow. That does. That's packtastic. I definitely
1: heard that voice actor do many things. <laughs> Might have been Yu-Gi-Oh's grandpa.
0: <laughs> it was like they, <laughs> it was like they were trying to do the Flint. Imagine the Flintstones, but with Pac-Man. No. That's what it is. You know. Like, ah, this... My boss is really giving me a pack and good, you know, bad time. He's
1: <laughs> that sounded racy. But also, are there dinosaurs?
0: No, but there are ghosts. Uh, and like a He-Man style, like cloaked villain that just wants to kill Pac-Man for some reason. Strange. He's it is, a family. It is like, I, want, I don't, I couldn't, like it was mostly visual. But the the opening to the Pac-Man cartoon is one of the most like strangely surreal things. <laughs> it is so weird. <laughs> And it's like Hanna Barbera garbage. So the animation's bad. Oh man, the voice acting's bad. But Pac-Man was a cartoon character.
1: It was, in fact, how Pac-Man made most of his money. To Very his likely
0: favorite. the first video game adaptation of all time. Oh, from you know, like TV TV ad- adaptation yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like may- maybe there was like an anime OST based on like Space Invaders or something, but probably not. It's yeah. probably Pac-Man. Pac-Man was the first video game adaptation.
1: And then we just keep. Doing That's them. fantastic! <laughs>
0: wow. Also, there was I didn't even know about this. There was a 2013 computer-generated animated series called Pac-Man and His Ghostly Adventures, which aired on Disney XD. Oh, no! Thank you. No thank. Did you kids even like Pac-Man anymore? I don't know. I'm gonna. Sh- we're gonna. When we see our nephews next time, I'm gonna show them a picture of Pac-Man. I'm gonna ask them, "Do you know who that is?" Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. It'll be like.
0: We'll report back.
1: We will report
0: back. What are the kids
1: playing this days?
0: Pac Man has also made numerous cameo appearances in various television series and movies, including Tron, Tiny Toon Adventures, The Simpsons, Futurama, South Park, Family Guy, Robot Chicken, Guardians of the Galaxy, Pixels, and Wreck It Ralph. Yes. You might remember- I am mean, a Guardians of the Galaxy, like, in order to fight the bad guy in the second one, he, mm-hmm. they become Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he makes a bunch of rocks and she g- becomes a giant Pac-Man. <laughs> it's a good laugh.
1: It's been a while. I want to watch both those movies again, back to back.
0: There have also been more than 500 Pac-Man-related products, including bumper stickers, jewelry, accessories, bicycles, breakfast cereals, popsicles, clothing, toys, Chef Boyardee pasta, vitamins, board games, Tamagotchis, and an AT&T telephone.
1: Wow. You want to eat that cereal, don't you?
0: Speaking of cereal. Oh, no. <laughs> Morning, kids. It's a Pac-Man day with my crispy corn cereal
1: coming your way. It's Pac-Man. With marshmallows. Delicious. I'm Inky. I'm Blinky. I'm Pinky. I'm Clyde. With, with the marshmallows, marshmallows you'll find inside of Pac-Man. Pac-Man.
2: There goes a And easy, too. -hmm. He's
1: Marshmallow. You can chop him, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Part of this nutritious breakfast.
2: Mm -hmm. It's marshmallows. Mm -hmm. Delicious. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: That's so 80s. This is like... stranger things time like this is Mm -hmm. the kind of crap the stranger things kids would be eating, seeing on the on the tv yeah
1: this is terrible you can't eat it
0: the the voice is like hey there kids it's a pac-man day there was like a ghostly pac-man that woke up to you know real children in their beds to tell them it was time to wake up to eat some pac-man cereal yikes it was like a cartoon pac-man that came to life and told them to eat their cereal or else so it's like I mean, it kind of works because Pac Man's all about eating, but mm-hmm. like the cereals, like, what are the little ball cereals? Like kicks? Yeah. So it's like kicks, and those are the dots, mm-hmm. Pac Man dots, and then they have ghost shaped mar- marshmallows.
1: Oh. Do they have any Pac Man shaped marshmallows? Maybe, I
0: don't know. Waka, <laughs> Your we... Pac Man. How many How many 80s kids do you think ate a bowl of Pac Man cereal and, waka and went walk a walk? All as of them. They... <laughs> Who wouldn't, right? If you had, if you. If your parents bought it and you had it in your home, you did it. Everybody who I, I guarantee it, once a week. Every single person who ate a Pac-Man cereal who is a you know aware of Pac-Man the arcade game, the first time they ate that cereal, they went waka waka, 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 waka. as they ate it. Yep. <laughs> also, this this I, I was very fascinated by this like cereal stuff because mm-hmm. this cereal was long running. Mm-hmm. Like you oh. think about it, like I remember there used to be Pokemon Pop Tarts. Yeah, those things around what like six months and then we're <laughs> gone.
1: I believe you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
0: It seemed like they weren't around for very long. This mm. Pac-Man serial was around for years. Oh, wow. I got an, th- that commercial was an 82 commercial. Mm-hmm. I got an 85 commercial and oh. they introduced the Pac-Man dance. Okay. This is the most 80s commercial of all time. You <laughs> You can do it. You can do it. You, 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 do it. You,
1: Cut with marshmallows and corn puffs, Pac-Man cereal's part of a good
0: breakfast.
1: You can do it. You can do the I don't want to eat that, but I now do really want some cereal. You,
0: well, I was doing the Pac-Man dance that they introduced in that commercial. What, what was I doing?
1: Slapping your hands together like a crocodile.
0: <laughs> you know, you just take your arms and imagine they're Pac-Man. They're his mouth.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: It, it, it's just crazy how big Pac-Man was. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I have the Chef Boyardee commercial in here. Oh, my gosh. Is this a commercials? Is this a Jingles episode? Oh, Pac-Man,
2: I'm beat. And I'm
0: hungry. Thank goodness for new
1: Pac-Man pasta from Chef Boyardee. New
2: Pac-Man pasta? Mmm. Little
0: spaghetti shaped like us. Oh, delicious. And because Chef Boyardee's packed with goodness, it's great for when we have to eat and run. New Pac-Man pasta from Chef Boyardee. With meatballs? Mm. Without meatballs? Yeah. Oh chicken
2: flavor. Thank goodness for new Pac-Man pasta. Thank goodness for
0: Chef Boy R.D. Oh. That was their tagline. Wow. <laughs> Thank goodness for Chef Boy R.D.
1: Yeah. Parents are
0: like, you don't want to cook? That, that 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 was the cast of the Pac-Man commercial, by the way. Uh, <gasps> oh, Pac-Man. Look at this Pac-Man p- p- pasta. Wow. Did he not sound like just like an old, like crotchety old man who he smokes sounded, a bunch of cigarettes? He sounded better than Hugh Neutron. <laughs> and that's all I care about. Thank goodness for Chef Boy ID. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: dying here. (laughs) Give me my cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is a child's game, Dad.
0: (laughs) A Pac-Man themed area called Pac-Man Land was opened at various Six Flags parks around the U.S. in 1983. Wow. The first amusement park attraction based on a video game, as far as I can tell. Maybe that happened in the U.S. at least. Mm Mm-hmm. You can find old commercials, you know, Six Flags Magic Mountain near L.A., like Six Flags Grand Rapids or something, Mm. Six Flags Texas. They all had Pac-Man lands. When you
1: said fever, you meant it.
0: Speaking of Pac-Man fever, Pac-Man has inspired several pieces of music, including Weird Al Yankovic's Pac-Man, which was a parody of the Beatles' Tax Man. (laughs) He's the (laughs) Pac-Man. Apex Twins' Pac-Man album, a techno album which consists mostly of samples from the game. Hmm. Gorillas and Schoolboy Q's track Pac-Man, which was released to commemorate the game's 40th anniversary. And most importantly, Buckner and Garcia's Pac-Man Fever, which went to number nine on the Billboard Hot 100 charts and received gold certification for more than one million records sold Wow! in 1982. Wow. Pac-Man Fever was a whole album wow. of arcade game-inspired songs. That's so they, they had Pac-Man Fever, which was the lead single, but then they had songs called, like, Ballad of the Centipede, <laughs> Donkey Kong, Defender. Oh, man. Miss, uh, Frogger. <laughs> <laughs> It's,
1: ugh. I mean, you've listened to a lot of video game music, so I was like, oh, this I is the beginning. I listened to it. it.
0: It's like, it, it is like basically just like, you know, dad, 80s dad rock, uh, but about Pac-Man. <laughs> it is so stupid. There's
1: lyrics? Yeah. Oh. It's a real song. St- I'm going
0: to play it. We're going to close out with it. Because no. that's, we, we have to close out with Pac-Man fever. He's got it. And the only cure is more Pac-Man. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> that's the end of, That's the end of our video game show. Did you have a good time?
1: I had a time. <laughs> I had an eighties eighties amount of time. An eighty.
0: Would you want to continue this trend and travel more through the eighties? Get to maybe listen to some more stupid eighties commercials about video games.
1: Why are you trying to put me on the spot right I don't now? Know. In front of the kids? Why are you doing this? Why are you she fighting for the kids?
0: <laughs> I love I love spending time in the eighties. Okay. Yeah. So you it's do. Like, if this you want to true. spend more time in the eighties, we could do more video game shows if you want to. If you don't want to, you know. Maybe the the kids can bully you into it.
1: Uh, okay you can try kids
0: you can try (laughs) uh do we have runners up did you i Uh, have i have you have runners up (laughs) pac-man is the only video game she's played from
1: 1981
0: this is true yeah before we do that who won what was the better game ball about ball or pac-man ball you liked ball better than pac-man i lasted longer okay (laughs) i think pac-man's a better game But, uh, hey, I, I appreciate your, your honesty there. I
1: got balls fever.
0: <laughs> yeah, Pac-Man, he's got dots, but, you know, Mr. Game & Watch, he's got balls. <laughs> okay, so there you go. We got a tie. Oh, my gosh. Video No, That's
1: it's a... definitely Pac-Man. What? It's... Changing your mind?
0: <laughs> no, I did do
1: better in ball, though. <laughs> Which is better? Pac-Man's better. Pac-Man's better. All right. Pac-Man, winner. The sound is a lot less ab- annoying.
0: That's true. <laughs> These waka wakas are yes. better than.
1: Yeah. So much. Um, But for runners up for
0: you, uh, you've also played from this year. Berserk. Berserk. That we, we played that at the San Francisco Barcade. Uh, that is a game. It's It's like a shooting game where you go from room to room. You're like a little man with a gun. And you just like, I don't know what the friggin' uh, I have no idea what the scenario is meant to be, but it looks like you're just walking through public spaces and shooting people. Maybe, maybe they're bad guys. Maybe you're like commando. You're like, a, you know, like an Arnold mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger style, like, you know, a military man. And yeah. Shoot up the bad guys. I don't know.
1: But there was no story in this time. Yeah, it was it just was very just simple.
0: Do. You are walking through very simple geometric, like mazes and you are shooting other stick men. Yep. Violence. And the only other game was Pac-Man. There you go. Pac Man was my game <laughs> in secret, but
1: in secret was th- it a secret? You said it right off.
0: Throw out, you know, shout out to Ball. Uh, that's that. Is that's That the end that? of our show.
1: That is the end of our show. We got
0: plugs. If you liked this show uh, and uh, you want to support us, you can follow us on your podcast platform of choice. You can leave us reviews. You can tell us because tip- you know typically we talk movies, music, and TV. So you can go back and listen to those those shows mm-hmm. or keep listening because we're going to talk about movies next time. Yeah. Um, if you want to give us some money, you can buy us a coffee on coffee.com. That's K-O-F-I.com slash mediamate Yeah. Uh, the link's also on our Twitter, which is at show on Twitter. We also have an Instagram account, at show on Instagram,
2: mm-hmm.
0: where we will share probably video. I will share these old Pac-Man commercials. Mm. Uh, and, and on Twitter? Yeah, and you guys are going to be blown away <laughs> by some of this stuff. I'll play the the Pac Man cartoon intro. Oh gosh! Oh old, yeah, the, the old old news prepara. clips. You know, I'll it, even play. The, you will know, put the little Japanese like a uh, uh, game and watch commercials. Game yeah, watch. I was like,
1: wait, you're just a lot of Pac Man love. What about the game and watch? What about Mr. Bull?
0: Game watch. <laughs> I'll even put the commercial for a timeout. Migos timeout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Rod the Master. I write for a video game I write for a video game website. If you want to know about, you know, the if you like Nintendo and the Legend of Zelda, I write for a website called Zeldadungeon.net. Tears of the Kingdom's coming out next month. So uh if you want all the news regarding that game, check out Zeldadungeon.net. It's coming oh. out in May. Yeah, May twelfth. Huh? I also host a YouTube show about professional wrestling called Keep K That's K A Y F A B E. So if you like wrestling, check that out.
1: Uh, if you want to find me, I have a YouTube on YouTube called Taming Tales, on, and it is on YouTube. I do stuff. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Anyway, like I said, we are closing out with Buckner and Garcia's Pac-Man fever. It's, it's driving out of, it's driving him out of his mind. Oh, dear. And, uh, yeah, we will we'll see y'all with our regularly scheduled programming next time with our movies of 2003. And remember, kids, sometimes... When you're on the playground and people are
1: spreading rumor and ruin,
0: it's actually the truth. (laughs) His uncle really did work in Nintendo. (laughs)